Hello everyone and welcome to Millennial Rewind, where we take a not-so-sentimental look at the movies and TV shows that were around when millennials were growing up. I'm your host Nick, coming to you from the fake nipple capital of the world, Los Angeles, California. And for the first time in a long time, joining me here in the City of Angels is my co-host Jules. Jules, welcome back. Thank you so much. Yeah, my rap career in Italy ended. It was, you know... Really frustrating. I was doing a music video where I was skydiving and I tried to surf down a skyscraper. It, uh, Physics is hard. So fucking hard. And joining us from the abandoned Turkish baths inhabited by neon painted hooligans of Southern California, the Inland Empire, is my other co host, John. John, what's happening? Oh my God, I am fantastic. I mean, I thought my urine and horse pace routine was good, but nothing is like mainlining glow stick fluid dude just oh, it clears you right out it clears you right out mm. oh, God. <laughs> well look before we get into all that if you like what you hear today listener please do us a favor and hit that subscribe button also be sure to share the show with anyone you think might like to listen as well so all of that was because we watched the 1997 toy commercial batman and robin hell yeah <laughs> John, how would you tell someone you watched Batman and Robin without using the title? I have come to greatly appreciate the true depth and spirit of Save Martha. <laughs> Save Martha is a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> oh my God. And Jules, if you were around in the late 90s and the producers had asked you for a different title for Batman and Robin, what would it be? Rubber Man and Out of Breath Boy. Fuck science. <laughs> As in they are literally fucking science with they their dicks. Like that fucking is. science in the ass. With their Ken doll parts. <laughs> Every fucking seat, not just in the substance of what they tell you, but in the way it's shot, they are fucking science. Ah, uh, and also like physics, chemistry, medicine, biology, botany, psychiatry, just everything. Everything. Just all the sciences. Hypertrophy. Took, <laughs> took a rogering from this film. Just wow. Damn. So, guys, <laughs> what were your experiences with this movie growing up? This movie is actually my secret shame and probably the reason for about 30% of my self-loathing. But I loved it as a kid. <laughs> and because I loved it as a kid, I hate kid me. I really did. I, As a kid, I thought there was nothing more cool than watching stupid fucking one-liners from Arnold Schwarzenegger. You are not the only one with this secret shame. Uh, but John, do you have this secret shame as well? Or no. Is it, okay. okay. No. <laughs> Mr. I... High and Mighty over there. <laughs> <laughs> I was really excited for this movie. I love the Burton films, and I loved Batman Forever. I got that thing as a Christmas present that I asked for on VHS. So I was so excited for this. And you're adding Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then I went to the theater and saw it. And I went to school and people were talking about wanting to see it. And I just kept trying to talk them out of it. And I had a coach who was, you know, I don't really care if it's cheesy. I, I like the special effects. I like this. I'm like, still don't. <laughs> don't. Don't do it not worth it over time i've come around to it's so bad it's good it tries to be campy and it fails and then that's where i pull the humor from got it so i am with jules 
young me liked this movie because young me had no taste. <laughs> Definitely saw it in theaters. I think my parents did not like it because they were fully grown adults with fully formed brains who could see this for <laughs> what it actually was. And I'm trying to remember whether or not I saw this in the States because I was, you know, visiting family in the States back and forth in the late 90s living in South Africa. So I don't know whether I saw this in the States or South Africa. What I do know for certain is that I had some of the toys that this movie was pushing. So mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. I think I had Batman in his, for whatever reason, going to the ice fortress mode, the silver lined. Yeah, he has a costume change for no reason. We'll get into it. I have that version of this Batman. And I also have a Robin. And the feature of this one was if you ran the head under cold or hot water, I forget which one was which, the mask appeared on his face. And then if you put it under the other temperatured water, it would disappear and he would be just Chris O'Donnell. And that's not even a feature. Like it's not something that happens in the movie where his mask gets ripped off. It was the something. dumbest concept. Oh, now he's Robin. Oh, now he's Dick. What's his face? It's yeah, <laughs> Dick face. Yeah, Dick. Dick face. <laughs> dick face. So yeah, I I had some of the toys from this movie. Uh, I probably still do. If I went through like my mom's garage, I'd probably still find them but yeah, and that I I just never watched it for years. Like I think I just watched it as a kid. I don't remember ever like watching it again. Maybe I watched it once or twice on home video. And then it just became legendarily bad as in like the legend of how bad it this movie is <laughs> spread. And I'm like, I don't remember this movie being that bad. And now that I've watched it again, I'm like, oh yes, it is that fucking bad. I just love how in the uh, DVD commentary, I think it was where all the actors are just apologizing throughout the entire time. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I, i'm really sorry <laughs> yeah i was gonna use something nick said as a jumping off point to get to what you're talking about where he says batman has a costume change for no reason and first of all no all of them have the costume change all and there was a reason and it's what you already said this was literally a toy commercial like mm -hmm. people say that about stuff but in part of the director's apology again everyone has apologized <laughs> for being a part of this <laughs> Yeah, in, in Schumacher's apology, one, it was, hey, I'm just trying to entertain. If I failed, sorry, you know? But the studio would come and say that literally this is for toys. That's why we have these designs. That's why they get new vehicles with the costume change as well. Like, it's, it's all a fucking commercial. Yeah, so this is directed by Joel Schumacher, who directed Batman Forever as well. I think he got so much shit just because of these Batman movies, even though I still like Batman Forever, but uh, Tigerland, Lost Boys. Also Phone Booth. Yeah, Phone Booth. Just the guy's got a very, very impressive resume. The guy's capable. And this is also the first major feature film for George Clooney, who at this point mm -hmm. was still better known for er i i tell you watching this i just say thank god this movie didn't ruin so many careers i mean i mean chris o'donnell eventually ruined his own career I yeah, don't know well, yeah. He did. He, he <laughs> kind of fell off yeah, the but it wasn't the this movie it wasn't this movie's fault i think it was alicia silverstone at the very least i think this ruined her career who plays batgirl she's like she'd just done clueless this was like clearly supposed to like take her career to the next level and I think it's justified given one piece of acting that we will get to. <laughs> what? There is one specific moment one? where... One? <laughs> okay. More than the others. <laughs> 
I do actually have a theory, though, that there is somewhere hidden in this someone who wrote a story, and then it just got fucked along with science. <laughs> which, I, which, again, I will get to. I think there is one element to this movie that actually has a bit of value okay i can't wait for the needle to come out of this haystack just <laughs> i try hello jonathan you're usually the best at this kind of thing i am not an Athen. thank you very much Athen. he's not a jonathan he's just a he's just a john i was like did you just call me a toilet <laughs> i called you a toilet <laughs> i learned that from patrick stewart he made a decree I'm trying to remember why Val Kilmer was not in this one because he was the in the first Joel Schumacher Batman and he did not come back. They recast him with George Clooney because Chris O'Donnell was Robin in that. Uh, Michael Goff, who plays Alfred. Well, he was from the whole series, even with Tim Burton, just like Pat Ingle as Commissioner Gordon. So these are the same universe. Yeah, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. And oh God, I have so much to say. I'm not, I'm not going to try not say anything now. We've got to get saying... into this. Come on. Yeah, let's get on. going. Yeah, all right. We're all itching to go. So we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> and when we get back we're gonna break down the beautiful disaster that is batman and robin it's so nice <laughs> no bad john keep your cool nick don't let it frostbite you in the ass <laughs> <laughs> so, so upset right now All right, all right, everyone, settle down. I call this meeting of the Goons Union Local 666 to order. I'm sick of being paid in frozen dinners. I want real money. Yes, we are negotiating with Mr. Freeze to make sure Goons get a cut of future heists. Yeah, and why do we have this layer completely frozen over when Mr. Freeze could just wear his suit? I mean, that that's an OSHA violation, right, guys? Right. Look, we will add keeping the layer at a temperature suitable for humans to our list of demands. And why does Freeze always get a getaway rocket shaped like a penis, while the rest of us get left behind to be arrested? I want a penis rocket, too. Well, we can definitely ask for getaway vehicle equity, but uh, the rocket's looking like penises is uh, something you're just projecting, Frank. Nuh-uh. You're in the closet. I, I didn't say anything about you being in the closet. And I say that we should ask for less demeaning outfits for all of us floozies. I like the outfits. It's the hottest thing in this room. Look, we already got so much we're negotiating for. That's that's not really a priority right now. Women's equality, my ass. All right. I think we have a reasonable set of demands that we can take to Mr. Freeze. It's going to be tough, but... Everybody freeze! I'm busting this union with an icebreaker. Wait, that wasn't my best ice pun. I'm going to think of a new one for no more than 12 minutes. And that, children, is why you do not work for a deranged scientist with an ice ray gun. Why did I name myself Mr. Freeze when I'm a doctor? I'm really not being respectful of my own education. Do we really got to stand here while he works on his wordplay? And we're back. And again, we get an example of the war of Warner Brothers letting their logo be transformed. It turns into an icy Batman logo and it breaks away and we go immediately into Virtual Boy World. Hells yeah. I have to point this out. Arnold Schwarzenegger, not Batman. Gets, guy, yeah. He yeah. gets top billing. Yes, he does. Arnold, because <laughs> George Clooney was not a movie star at this point. 
Arnold Schwarzenegger was a movie star, so he gets top billing in a Batman movie as not Batman. And I'm not going to point out every instance of sound effects being extra, but they are (laughs) very noticeable in this opening sequence because you see the Batman and Robin symbol come together. You just hear swing noises, (laughs) loud and clear. It's ridiculous. Leather butt, leather butt, leather crotch, leather crotch. (laughs) Yes! Yes, we get a bat-ass suit-up sequence. And bat nipples! What the fuck is this, guys? <laughs> what was Joel Schumacher? I, th- I Yeah, I don't get it. The suit-up montage is totally a thing. It's but why these shots? Bat crotch and bat ass and Robin Dong and they're grabbing their equipment. <laughs> And we get our first look at the fake nipples that these suits are infamous for. Yes, they are. And here's the thing I noticed. Mr. Freeze has nipples, too. Seriously? I totally missed that. Mr. Freeze's suit has its own version of nipples on it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because cool. the, the open windows where the pecs are, little circles down near the bottom, a little bit off to the side. Mr. Freeze has nipple suit as well, and no one ever talks about that shit, and that's what I'm here for. <laughs> and so now we get the Batmobile appearing out of the ground in the Batcave, and now we get Batman and Robin to intense music like they just found the Ark of the Covenant. And the opening lines of this movie, I want a car. Chicks dig the car. Which is a callback to Batman Forever. Really? Okay, I haven't seen Batman Forever. There's a moment where uh, what was it? Nicole Kidman's kind of being seductive towards Batman. He's like, it's the car, right? Chicks dig the car. <laughs> but now it's used for Robin being whiny, and this is why Superman works alone. And see, this is why what they're going for for camp doesn't work. Camp has to be stupid shit that you treat really seriously. You can't try to put jokes in it. That's not how it works. My note here is these are lines written by future Academy Award winner Akiva Goldsman. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, he's the writer of this movie. He would go on to do A Beautiful Mind and win an Oscar for it. But before he got to win an Oscar, he had to write this shit. Hey, we all come from somewhere. We also get introduced to the beginning of the unnecessary... LED lighting and glow sticks. Batman zooms off and then some pod arises with Robin's, you know, Robin cycle. And on the inside of it are just these really intricate Robin signals in neon lights. And like, why? Why? Branding. For branding, obviously. (laughs) Even when it's in your own secluded cave that no one else ever goes into, you got to keep everything on brand, all right? Very. Alfred went down there numerous times to install these LED glow sticks. He accidentally inhaled some radon, and that's where McGregor syndrome comes from. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad you brought up Alfred, because even he tries to crack a joke about canceling pizza. And then as they speed off, this is supposed to be your very first look of Alfred is sick, but honestly, I have that Alfred threw up in his mouth over having to say that line. <laughs> <laughs> so as Batman is zooming out of the Batcave, he gets a video call from Commissioner Gordon telling him that the Gotham Museum is under attack by someone called Mr. Freeze. Okay, so where was Batman going in the first place? Where is he no longer going to deal with Mr. Freeze? To pick up the pizzas. <laughs> But Alfred's canceling them anyway. (laughs) But Batman didn't hear that, you see. Batman hears everything. That's why those ears are so big. (laughs) 
<laughs> so Commissioner Gordon says that the Gotham Museum is under attack. Cut to the Gotham Museum of Art. So not the same museum that he was referring to in the video call. We are supposedly in the Antiquities Wing, which apparently includes a giant brontosaurus statue for reasons. It fails in so many ways. Um, we get Mr. Freeze's, you know, horrible, horrible lines and what well, killed the dinosaurs, the Ice Age, and starts shooting it with his ice gun. But before the beam hits it, it's already covered in ice and icicles. <laughs> and then when Batman crashes in, was anybody else not thinking, yabba dabba doo? <laughs> Inside, this whole place is frozen over because Mr. Freeze is there, so obviously he's frozen everything. How are these security guards running on ice? They are running on this ice like it is not slippery. They're just yelling in. They say, stop or we'll shoot, and then they just start shooting. You can totally run on ice. Well, as we see later on, you know, all of his punks end up you know, rolling on rollerblades on ice. So I think it's very inconsistent. They are totally on rollerblades and not skates. <laughs> but what I'd like to talk about is the physics of the pot <laughs> flying through the air as at first it spins and then decides to elevate perfectly upwards before Batman catches it. Then there's a fight sequence where he kicks away Freezer's gun. It flies up in the air and somehow glues itself to the top of the brontosaurus. Well, I had it that it magnetized to the ice, because that's <laughs> a thing that happens. Already friction, <laughs> gravity, and just so much else has been... Inertia, so... magnetism. It, it has failed, and it continues to do so spectacularly for the rest of the movie. I, I think we failed to mention this, but so this is what happens after Batman drops in. And it says, hi, Freeze, I'm Batman. Worst superhero intro line ever. That was almost going to be my John, how you doing today? Hi, Nick. I'm John. (laughs) (laughs) And then Robin bursts in on his motorcycle. Through a fucking wall. Everyone else jumps through like glass and windows in this movie. (laughs) But his motorcycle comes through a goddamn wall. And leaves a perfectly carved out Robin symbol in this door. And as we find out later, when a motorcycle hits a solid surface, it instantly explodes. Not the Robin cycle, though. It has branding. (laughs) But I think this shit is beyond cartoon levels. Because when Bugs Bunny or Wile E. Coyote or someone slams through a wall, it's their shape. But it's not the shape of Robin on a motorcycle. It's his fucking insignia. (laughs) It's so crazy. Well, you did notice the cartoon sounds when one of the police officers gets thrown into a pillar, right? (laughs) It's, It's the classic hollow wooden thing. Again, like physics, you're talking about this one thing, but it's consistent throughout the entire movie. These cartoon sounds, these horrible lack of gravity. (laughs) We've also learned in the course of this that Freeze is here to steal this giant ass diamond that happens to be in the antique section of this art museum for reasons. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) You, You eventually learn that for some reasons, diamonds power his cooling suit according to this movie diamonds aren't pointless shiny things made up of carbon they actually have 
power. They are batteries. Yes, they are. They are batteries for for, for cold stuff. So anyway, it's so precious and priceless. We're going to play roller hockey with it. We're going to play roller <laughs> hockey with it. Yeah, because now after the, the vase gets caught and everything, Mr. Freeze sicks his, uh, his goons on them who are hockey players for reasons. They don't have guns or like actual weapons. They're just all in like silver hockey gear with hockey sticks. And that is how they roll. Apparently, literally. And we already touched on this, but they hide and disguise the wheels. These are clearly rollerblades and not ice skates. <laughs> it's so bad. And They're when... clearly roller skating around. And for the most part, they pull Rob Liefeld drawings and just hide the feet. You know, it's just painful. <laughs> but Batman and Robin, they get skates. They get, they get skates. They get blades that pop out of their boots. So their boots have to be what? Like one foot platforms to hide the blade and then have it be able to come out? The blades have to go up into their feet. Their feet actually like separate to accommodate. <laughs> that goes through the middle. Yeah, they get knocked oh, back and they gotta like deploy their fucking skates. So now it's like skate time. They're playing hockey with this fucking diamond. Yeah, uh, Robin's chasing them with the hockey thing. Meanwhile, three of uh, Freeze's ice rollerblading cronies are doing a little twirl in front of Batman. <laughs> And uh, Batman uh, rewards them by knocking them all out. Holy shit, this is where my nephew learned how to play hockey. Because he used to watch this when he was much younger. And then when he was like 10 or 11, he started playing hockey. And when there was like a timeout or whatever, and there was some dead time on the ice, he was doing like little fucking pirouettes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so freeze. Okay, so this is crazy. So we, we've talked about how, like, Freeze's gun, like, magnetized to the top of an Olmec head. And the to way an he ice gets... covered fake dinosaur, yes. No, so, well, no, 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 not to a dinosaur. This Like, there's an Olmec head that it gets stuck to. So to get it back, like, a security guard just appears next to him, like, on his knees already screaming. <laughs> Conveniently, he's just there. And so he grabs him and he throws him, like... 40 feet in the air, dislodges his gun and catches him. And I would like to point out that the guard doesn't topple down afterwards. He keeps going up. This guard has ended up in outer space at some point. That's what happens when you get thrown by Arnold. Absolutely. And, okay, look, we've already missed like nine puns. (laughs) And we'll keep missing them because they are all so painful. They're not even really puns for the most part. No, no, they're one-liners. I meant to say one-liners. And this is clearly- No, but people call them ice puns. They're famously known as his ice puns, and they're not. Uh, So the goons (laughs) have like got the diamond again, and they're playing hockey with it. And how the fuck does Robin pole vault on ice? Can somebody explain the <laughs> physics of that? Um, because he hit the pole onto a ramp? Sure. That's that's about as good as explanation as we're ever going to get. Friction is a fascinating thing in this movie. As we see later on, fire makes things slippery. Ice makes things... <laughs> grippy. Grippy. That's how it works. Oh, I have missed your insights. <laughs> Fire is slippery, ice is grippy. <laughs> there's a shirt. There's, there's the a shirt. There's the there's this episode's t-shirt. And so one of the goons smacks the diamond into Freeze's hand, and Freeze is now like in his crazy ass getaway vehicle. And apparently his getaway vehicle has a rocket on it. As all good villainous vehicles should. 
Not just any rocket, it's Jeff Bezos's penis rocket. Yes, it is his Jeff Bezos's cock rocket. (laughs) And my question about the plan is because. I'm just in anticipation of that line. I know, because it's every fucking plan in this movie. There are questions. Okay, but so the plan was for Mr. Freeze to escape in a rocket, and he's going to leave all his goons to get arrested by the cops who are surrounding the museum. Yes, that's what pawns are for. But why do the pawns work for him then? There's there's a, there's a lot of moments where I'm like, why do the why do your pawns work for you? The the working conditions are horrible. Uh, they are super into freezing their asses off while singing along to Rankin Bass musicals. Of course, yes, they have a good union. That is a perk you cannot get at any other workplace. <laughs> So anyways, yeah, Mr. Freeze is the only one who's going to fly out of this. And Batman somehow gets into the rocket. I forget how this happens. And Robin clamps onto the side. Yep. He's got some Robin-shaped magnets. Yeah. And (laughs) so the rocket blasts off through another one of the skylights. And Batman inside the rocket tries to climb up the rocket to get to Freeze, but Freeze freezes his hand to the hull. We're at the point where Freeze decides not to freeze Batman, but just go for his hands. Yeah. Yeah, just go for his hands. And here's the thing. So when this happens, I'm looking at their out- the altimeter here. They are at 15,000 feet. So unless this rocket is pressurized, they've already <laughs> lost oxygen and are dead. Like they have died of anoxia. Because at about 10,000 feet, you have to, like, get supplemental oxygen or you die. And but for sure, Robin's dead. Like, Robin is dead and he, <laughs> like, it's, it's just Batman for the rest of the movie. I don't remember that happening. Robin dies something like 12 times in this movie, man. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Fantastic moment when Freeze exits the rocket. He goes absolutely 100% sideways instead of rocketing down. Oh, no. That's because he turns into um, Heimlich from uh, A Bug's Life. And I just imagine Arnold going, Look at me, it's a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> because Mr. Freeze sprouts goddamn metal butterfly wings <laughs> as part of his sure escape plan. Fucking does. And then to fuck with Batman, he detaches himself from them. <laughs> well, hang on, we're jumping ahead we're here jumping because ahead Robin, Robin, Robin comes in to save him and Batman, instead of being like, oh, thank God I'm not going to die up here, is like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> My favorite line from this movie is just Robin's surprise when he says, a bat bomb? Yeah, because he, he lasers the ice off of his hands, frees Batman, and yeah, he puts a bat bomb. He's like, a bat bomb? And he's like, yeah, because otherwise the rocket's going to crash and like kill thousands. I think Chris O'Donnell was just indignant that it's not a Robin bomb. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and now we get fucking sky surfing. Because they kick the hatches out and they before the bomb explodes. And they these surf hatches. these goddamn hatches down oh to the ground God. Yeah. before the rocket explodes. Literally down sides of buildings. They are surfing down walls. <laughs> well, before that happens, uh, I would like to mention that Freeze dropping the diamond is the worst drop in movie history um, because he literally throws it behind himself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a strange <laughs> moment that came because Robin looked at this skyscraper and thought he could 
you know, surf down it. Cowabunga. But instead, he smashed through the window. Was, <laughs> you know, his knees were shot up through his pelvis, and he was left a bloody mess in the penthouse of this skyscraper. I did not see that coming. No. Um, well, and that's because you think this thing called science exists. And as we've already discussed, it fucking doesn't. This movie, physics, this is a science optional movie, a physics light <laughs> endeavor. What? And just so just so people understand that the, what happened here, like Batman hits Freeze in the back, like gets on his back and Freeze loses the diamond and somehow Robin. This was another in strange ending because Freeze plummeted to his death and Batman was arrested for murder. <laughs> well, I think Batman would have died with him. So. <laughs> no, Batman got away because he was holding on to Freeze's butterfly wings. <laughs> And was therefore able to avoid the crash site and yeah, get away. Yeah, so Freeze detaches his wings to get Batman off of him and then uses his freeze ray gun <laughs> to slow his fall down while going down a factory smokestack. But it doesn't even do that. He shoots it down, it gets snowy, and he lands in this lamest pile of snow ever. <laughs> With a with a soft little thud. Oh god! Yeah, and and for more physics defying <laughs> shit, uh, Batman and Robin deploy their their grappling hooks to try and slow down their fall, and apparently don't get their arms ripped off, considering they're at terminal velocity. <laughs> nope. Oh my god! Because see, the the wind caused by all the snow flurries coming up from the furnace that Arnold shot. Uh, and it's, it's that rush of cool air that's cushioning their fall. That is the thing I just said. Cool. <laughs> it makes about as much sense as anything in this goddamn movie. And so now they're in, they go down the smokestack too, and apparently there's just vault doors leading into this smokestack. There's just these <laughs> giant vault doors for reason. Yes, it's a factory furnace slash vault. There's probably safety deposit boxes in there and you know. <laughs> But there's so many vault doors that they run through chasing after Freeze. Like, what What are all these vault doors? And why are they all snowy? Why is it snowing? Yeah, I, I don't get why it's snowing. Because he only shot into the smokestack and the smokestack was, the vault door was closed. So it would have only made that. Exactly. Yeah, but as we'll see, he can only, like, he can focus his ice thing in one part and it fucking spreads, man. Like, yeah. Right, but it was sealed short. Anyways. You think that's going to stop something like ice? You should think that, but. I think it should keep it contained into the smokestack, but anyways, moving on. So Freeze murders Robin. Yeah, Freeze murders Robin. (laughs) Because Robin Robin tries to run through the door. He's still got this diamond, by the way. Freeze turns around as Robin enters the room they're in and shoots him with the freeze ray. And as much shit as we give the stuff in this movie, and it is deserved, Frozen Robin actually looks really fucking good. That's true. That is true. Whoever did that work is really good. It also apparently weighs 20 pounds by the way that Batman carries him to the pool <laughs> to warm him up and, you know, thaw him. He it like it weighs nothing. <laughs> A ream of paper is heavier than frozen Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> this movie doesn't understand strength. Or Batman's just that strong. That's- <laughs> 
that's another option. It's <laughs> the most casual lifting. My question is, why doesn't Freeze also freeze Batman and just kill them? Because movie. Well, I get that, but just from a pure plot standpoint, like, like a logic standpoint, as far as you can have logic in this movie, Freeze should have just frozen Batman as well. He's got his nemesis out of the way, and then he goes off and like wins the day. Batman has the magical power of staring back and forth between Robin and Freeze that protects him from the Freeze Ray. <laughs> got it, got it. It's the stare, I get it. He's the world's greatest detective, and he's just trying to parse out what the fuck just happened. <laughs> yeah, because Freeze escapes. Like, apparently his his getaway vehicle found him. He had another getaway vehicle, yes. Yeah, it just finds him at this factory where it is, and he kind of freezes the exit so Batman can't follow him and kind of gives him a cheeky little wave through the ice. This is Batman v Superman placement of the kryptonite spear level of, <laughs> I know where this fight is going to end. We started in the Museum of Art, we almost went to space, and now my getaway car is right outside the factory. <laughs> I mean, I just, at this point, I had to take a break, you know, from this movie. This is 15 minutes into the movie. <laughs> it's the opening sequence. I know when my inevitable <laughs> mental breakdown comes. You know, it's only a matter of time. The pandemic's gone on for the years. I will be babbling about this movie in my padded cell. I will be just saying, uh, you know, then Robin stuffed down a skyscraper. Said, yes, Jules. Yes, Jules. That's up his. Yes, we we know. That's up his yep. sedative. Yep. You know. Okay, so now this is also great because everything in this place is frozen and icy, but apparently there's just, there's still a liquid. But not the water. That <laughs> of water that just is conveniently right there in that room. Yep. So he puts frozen Robin in there and shoots the, his laser into the water to thaw him out. Yeah, because you know how hot lasers are. Yeah, yeah that's how lasers work. That's mm -hmm. how lasers work. And apparently he has 11 <laughs> minutes to unfreeze him. Like, like, this is a very important number for the movie. Yeah, for some reason, after 11 minutes, the ice becomes permanent. Or you die in the ice or... I know, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Because, yeah, you're going 11 minutes being frozen without oxygen. You're already fucked. But this is a rule that the movie stays consistent with. At the very least. So that means the museum is screwed. How did he not boil Robin? That's what I want to know. Like, he's like, like this, the water turns his, red hot. His very fine control of the laser. Well, no, that was just the laser light refracting through it. Actual Warm liquid goo stage is complete. <laughs> <laughs> and Robin comes out and he's thought, he's like, ah, did we get him? <laughs> so now we're in a spooky South American jungle. With spooky neon. <laughs> yes. And we're treated to uh, some Uma Thurman exposition. Yep. She talks about the mysterious Gilgamesh wing. Um, she, she's trying to create a snake-plant hybrid to protect the plants against the ravages of man. Yeah, not sure how snakes help with that, but okay. I don't know how, don't know how snake plants help with that. Uh, this movie will not bother to discuss that. <laughs> no, no. But she's like, gosh, and she, you know, expositing into this like voice recorder, but... You know, her experience would be progressing so much more quickly if Dr. Woodrow wouldn't take all her venom samples to the Gilgamesh wing. What is he hiding? And is the movie going to use this as a plot point to build up tension, maybe show some gradual character growth? Nope, she's just going to open the fucking door, go to the <laughs> Gilgamesh wing and see what's going on now, finally. The door that is literally decorated like a teenager's room. You know, keep out signs. And... Girl doctors keep out. 
Yeah, because they're, they're screaming, and she sneaks into this wing, and she sees that uh, this Dr. Woodrow character is having a chemical weapons demonstration. With to some... the ununited nations, you know. It was... <laughs> yes, <laughs> to the ununited <laughs> And so, yeah, he's talking about he's got this uh, super soldier serum called Venom, which is a terrible name when you're working with poisonous snakes. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, like it was it's it was a cool concept when it's just this is what we're calling this substance, but it's literally made from snake venom. So now it's just dumb. It's just dumb. Yeah, you see, like them literally milking the fangs of these snakes. So it just that's just bad labeling. It's it's very on point labeling is what it is. It's it's bad or the best. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there, because apparently if he pours the super soldier serum directly into the limbic system of a person, it transforms them. He says it's the most primitive part of the brain. And no, the fuck it's not. No. There are lower brain functions and older parts of the brains. <laughs> yeah, I, just, uh, I was just distracted by the casual Tesla coils in the corner. Oh, yeah. Well, it, he is a mad scientist. Uh, yeah, mad scientist. Tesla coils. Got, no. Yeah. And yeah. He looks like every. He looks like the mad scientist that they like in during the robot chicken intro. Like that's he's basically that. But more of like streaks of white. The robot chicken doctor is almost Rick. <laughs> he's very Rick esque. Yeah. So they're gonna put it in this like I don't know, condemned criminal to demonstrate it. Who's just some guy named Antonio? I always remembered this as like a Zaz reference that that was supposed to be Zaz, and it's not. It's so, it's Antonio. Yeah, and he's some <laughs> scrawny little dude, but he's not gonna be a scrawny little dude for much longer because they're gonna strap him down but to the table no. and they're gonna put a luchador mask on him that already has bulging veins on it <laughs> there's already because i think that is you know he's supposed to look like you know because now he's jacked up he's going to be jacked up on venom he's got bulging veins in his head but they didn't create a non-bulging face mask for him so it's, it's just already got the veins there it comes pre-veined I'm going to say the doctor, I mean, you know, now he's doing his demonstration for the ununited nations. So he's done some tests. He knows how they wind up looking and he's like, all right, yeah, man, we're going to just going to shortcut this because it's not like the guy's own veiny bulges are going to show through the mask. Come on. No, no, no. It's it's definitely to sell the product better. Yeah. So yeah, he we, we see him like stretch Armstrong inflated to a hulking <laughs> mass of a dude. I say, and speaking of, what a goddamn Hulk! Because this is not a muscle suit. No, uh... this is a real dude, <laughs> real oh natural. This dude was I'm getting really. Vibes. Vibes of the mountain from Game of Thrones from this dude. Very, yes. He's a very... little bit shorter. This dude was 6'4". He was like 400-something pounds. Almost all muscle. I mean, he's not totally shredded, but he's pretty much all fucking muscle. And uh, died of heart failure just two months after this movie came out. He was oh. only 40 He was only forty years old. Dang. But, oh, I mean, when you're doing... I obviously had to have been doing steroids. I mean, when you're that big, you're putting that much pressure on your system, man. Those guys don't live very long. They really don't. Speaking of feats of strength, yeah, he breaks out of his shackles and he throws a guard into a rack of Gatorade beakers because science. 
<laughs> it's, a, it's a science lab. Of course there's beakers of Gatorade. <laughs> and then uh, Uma Thurman, Poison Ivy, well, she's not Poison Ivy yet, but she shrieks, and the doctor gets her attention, and he's like, welcome, let's go have a chat back in the other set. These extras are expensive. We're going to go back. <laughs> we're we're going to go to the other place now. So he takes her to the other lab, and he's like, look, our original sponsor of this lab didn't have the stomach for military stuff, so we cut the funding, and her research was instrumental in developing weapon venom as a weapon and join me and we can become super rich and she says no and hey if a crazy man involved with a secret weapons research project asks you to join him don't threaten to turn him in which is exactly what she does and then he does exactly what you would expect where he's like well i'm sorry to hear that I'm afraid I'll have to kill you now. And by the way, while she's like <laughs> saying that she's going to end his career, whatever, she does a lot of finger acting, like one finger straight up wagging. Around. I actually really like Uma Thurman in this movie. She does what I was talking about. You have ridiculous shit and you play it so fucking straight. She does a really great job. And the dude who's the doctor here, he's a bit more hamming it up, sort of like a Tim Curry sort of way of going about it, where it still fits, it's still camp. This interaction is the best scene of the movie as far as I'm concerned. I, I would agree with you there. But yeah, she's like playing a very nerdy scientist and speaking normally pinning that yeah and the way she's the and the way she switches from nerdy pamela isley to seductive poison ivy again great, great job. job yeah so well done she, he chucks her over a workbench that's got some stuff on it and then the ground swallows her for reasons and there were snakes in there. and there were snakes and some snakes yes were... so poison ivy gets her plant-based powers from snakes but where do the snakes come from <laughs> there were no snakes on this thing like just, it's like he came up afterwards <laughs> and just chucked some snakes on her and be like well you're gonna want to take some of those with you to the grave <laughs> asps very dangerous <laughs> Oh, and okay, God. so we're not done with exposition dubs yet because this movie <laughs> loves to tell and not show because we're going to get a Batcave <laughs> exposition dub now. And we learned the story of Mr. Freeze. Oh. Yeah, we're watching Arnold Schwarzenegger in a, a lab coat. And I think this is just a, such a weird image seeing like hulking Arnold Schwarzenegger in a lab coat. As just doctor. As just a yeah. doctor of physics and chemistry. And, and attempting to emote. <laughs> yeah, like... Mm -mm. <laughs> My note here is the sixth worst fall in movie history. As for no reason, he falls backwards. Yeah, why? Why did he fall in that vat? <laughs> for reason. So the vat he falls into, basically his origin story is he's trying to find the cure for a disease called McGregor's Syndrome. Essentially, he froze his wife in liquid. Well, it turns out not to be liquid frozen. It, well, it's not water. He seems to be boiling her, from what I can tell. Yeah, there's a lot of bubbles in this. She still needs oxygen, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but she's going to breathe it like a fish. She has gills now. Even though this is like liquid nitrogen or oxygen or something that's like a really goddamn cold liquid, there's still gas bubbles in it. Yeah, so he's frozen his wife in whatever the fuck this is. He's trying to find a cure for it because if he freezes her like obviously this disease doesn't progress and then he falls into some sort of cryo solution for reasons just like uh oh yeah just my open 20,000 gallon tank of cryo fluid <laughs> what the fuck I mean it was exclusively how villains were made 
back in the early days of superheroes was just falling into vats. I'm sorry, that's how Jamie Foxx got his powers. It's true. He fell into a vat of electric eels. <laughs> so actually, it's still there. Good. And yeah. this is where we learn yeah. also that his suit that keeps his body temperature down because he's got to be very, very cold at all times because he fell into the solution is powered by diamonds for reasons. This is why... We... <laughs> Diamond power! <laughs> yes, diamonds equaled cold. Go fuck yourself. Um... <laughs> it's just so ludicrous and so while the batman's giving this presentation alfred is going off so you know bruce wade doesn't see that he's hiding his pain oh and by the way robin is like you only ever see this in movies and cartoons he's got the blanket around him and his like bare feet and, and a, his feet in, a hot in tub. some warm yeah. water yeah <laughs> there Jesus was no Christ. hot water bottle attached to his head no so it was not quite complete uh-huh, so close. And Bruce even tries to make a fucking ice pun. When he talks about things going wrong, he says, this is where things go north instead of things go south. Oh, uh, yeah. It, uh, yeah, the movie shoves its dick in your face again. Yes. And so tells Alfred to get the Wayne Diamonds. They're going to set a trap for, for Mr. Freeze. But Robin's got to spend 10 hours in the simulator because he fucked up tonight by saving his life. Robin's like, how are we supposed to work together if you don't trust me? And Alfred's like, yeah. Yeah, this is a stupid conflict you two have. <laughs> Was I the only one who wanted to mention he's a fucking teenager and should not be trusted with this kind of shit? Except that he's almost 30? He was 25 in the previous movie. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell was, you know, and Batman legally adopts him like he's a like he's a child with nowhere to go because his parents died. But like Batman clearly hates working with. Well, why does he even have him around? Like there's like there's it's so ridiculous <laughs> because he legally adopted him. He's forced to keep him around. Yeah. But we have to get to the seventh worst fool in movie history. Yeah. So. Now, Bruce Wade, George Clooney is walking with Alfred back to his room. Alfred tells him, you got to learn how to trust people. That's how family works. Bruce Wayne is like, look, I trust you, Alfred. But he's like, yeah, but I won't be around forever. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just grateful that they didn't, in this movie, depict Alfred being sick by a forced cough. Hold on. Hold on. Is anyone looking? Nope. No one's looking. Okay, now I can be in pain. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say that I actually think the Alfred plot in this movie is actually not bad. No, it's not bad. And here's the thing. I, I, yes, it is. I, it's, it's, it's the best plot we have in this movie. <laughs> yeah, but still. His, his story of, you know, being sick and any sort of emotion between the adopted father of Batman and Batman himself. That was, that was the only plot that I saw as actually having any substance whatsoever. Okay, but there's movie. no emotion. No, 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 not in this scene, but later on they attempt it. At least in dialogue. I they attempt it. It's not there. There's there's a bit of <laughs> preaching about the meaning of family eight more goddamn times. But you know, my theory is this because I think Alfred's got some of like the least cringy slash better lines in the movie. And my theory is that Michael Goff looked at the script and said, "I will be writing my own lines. Thank you very much." <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing this character for almost ten years. I got. Yeah, this. I got this. <laughs> What's Akiva? Go no, no. I am writing my own lines. But yeah, let's get back to the. Uh, earth butthole and the birth of poison ivy yay yes that is that is where we are because we're back in the tropical lab and dr mad scientist guy is telling the winning bidder of the the venom that he's gonna ship bane um he's called bane bane in a previous scene so 
Why? Because he's going to be the bane of humanity. We're going to keep it right on the fucking nose. Uh, he's going to send him by overnight mail. Like in a crate? I guess. Put some packing peanuts in there. Who knows? Is he going to wait until he goes back to Antonio's size so he saves on shipping? <laughs> Oh, yeah, because wait. Well, weight and weight size. size. Yeah, man. But no. Uh, well, Antonio's at least a good foot shorter. Well, we're not going to have to worry about those logistics because he's interrupted by an earthquake and a purple light coming out of the hole that Poison Ivy <laughs> sunk into. There's, there's a purple oh, light. Oh, wait, real fast. Uh, did, did we skip past the flashback? Because that was the seventh worst fall in movie history. We did skip. Yeah, we, we did. We did. We'll, we'll go back to it. Do we really need to cover that? <laughs> Really? Okay, he he wants to talk about it. <laughs> we'll do it right now. Ghostly flashback of young Bruce running down the hall, and he trips and falls pathetically, not even hurting himself. And Alfred walks up and kind of helps him up and walks away. Done. Flashback over. <laughs> okay. I will say that it, it it looked like Alfred was just there waiting for him to fall. He's like, oh, he's gonna fall. <laughs> Oh, he's going to fall right here. Mm. He, he put the ninja dust on the floor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All these years I've been standing in rooms waiting for you to trip up, Master Wayne, <laughs> setting powder traps. So anyways, hot poison ivy emerges from this hole. Just Uma Thurman, like her arms above her head, navel exposed, doing like a sexy wiggle. But you know how you know she's hot? She's not wearing them glasses anymore. She's not wearing glasses. She She's all bad at herself. And her hair is no longer in a ponytail. There's an ancient tradition in all movies, and especially crime TV shows, that uh, when you reveal your evil, you get sexier. That is true. Sexy is evil. That's the sort of subtext throughout a lot of yep. movies and history. Also, evil has a transatlantic accent for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Starts so, so talking like this, darling. Because evil is sophisticated. Yes. Or at least wants you to think it is. Yes, evil <laughs> sounds like a 40s seductress, apparently. And uh, yeah, we get to hear a speech where um, the movie proceeds to fuck science again. Because she says her skin was replaced by chlorophyll, and chlorophyll is exclusively green. And her skin is not the slightest bit green in the sequence. Also, how would she know? <laughs> she says that her, her blood is replaced by aloe, her skin has has chlorophyll and if she was the the poison ivy in the new harley quinn animated show yeah then that would make sense you would have green skin you could do the chlorophyll bit but no she just she's uma thurman colored (laughs) (laughs) and well now i know what color for my room when i get the paint swatches (laughs) we've got peach we've got cream we've got uma thurman (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very particular shade of, of person <laughs> um, and she also somehow knows that her lips are filled with venom well she gets a sexy saxophonist to follow her everywhere she goes also she makes out with her eyes open well yeah you have to see that she gets off on the murder it's true <laughs> and so then I, I could have sworn I had a fucking seizure I mean that that's my entire experience with this movie but this moment like she starts pontificating to nobody <laughs> as she starts smashing up this lab she's like I am mother nature and I am going to you know take vengeance no one said you needed to have an audience to bad guy monologue i know what john does in his spare time now it's called getting through the commute (laughs) (laughs) my sister got me a day planner for christmas and the title of it is something like two years until i conquer the world (laughs) because it's a two-year calendar slash planner 
It's all about world domination. So when John is dictator of the world in two years, we have your sister to blame slash thank for it, depending on how good you are. It won't matter what you think. That's what's so awesome about it. <laughs> and so, yeah, well, she's like going on about how she's going to like, you know, take back, you know, the planet for the plants or whatever. She smashes a spirit burner on the ground, sets the lab on fire and kills all the plants that she swore to protect in this lab. She's just going to. Well, my note was all that shit splashed on her. So she went up in flames, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that she. And now we're back to just one villain in this. Yeah. Because <laughs> Bane's in his crate. You know, he can't punch his way out of that. <laughs> So, but she sees that one of the beakers is from Wayne Enterprises, and that gives her an idea of fucking what? Which leads her to Wayne Enterprises is destroying the planet because the experiments that were done with glass that they made. It's so dumb. Because, I mean, we will eventually learn. I mean, this is not a spoiler, but like we eventually learned that the first funder of the lab was Wayne Enterprises. And so she knows a bit okay. about Wayne Enterprises. So I think she just got like reminded of like, oh, yes, these fuckers. Damn it. I was leaning towards every time I build my death trap, I use DeWalt tools. So blame them. <laughs> <laughs> Philip said screwdrivers are going down. <laughs> <laughs> so my seizure continues for this bit <laughs> i'm still stroking out because then she hears bango <laughs> and she says coming bane darling we have a plane to catch fucking what how do you like how do you have <laughs> not only did she get all the information about her body parts being replaced with plant parts she managed to book a flight while she was down there <laughs> that was the purple light coming from tablets that didn't exist yet and also befriend <laughs> bane yes befriend bane bane is now her like you know manservant he's her lackey yeah, yeah. how how there's nothing there's no again <laughs> My brain. Oh. But we, we get to Mr. Freeze wearing slippers for some reason. By the way, I want these slippers. <laughs> I really do. Oh, these like polar bear slippers? I honestly love these adorable polar bear slippers. Yeah, yeah. we're now at his his uh, very conspicuous abandoned ice cream factory hideout, which apparently <laughs> is in the shape of a snowman. Branding. And I would like to shout out to these extras because they were just as unhappy to be in this movie as I was to watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when they're not in their hockey gear, they're just in their little Eskimo outfits. I'm sure like maybe some of these guys were actually Eskimo, like Inuits or whatever. I don't know. They have so much blue face paint on. You, you can't, can't tell. tell. But I some of them might have been. But this is the scene I was referencing earlier, which is clearly why these guys are working for Mr. Freeze. Yeah, because they're all eating literal frozen dinners that have not been warmed up. They are still frozen. They get all the frozen dinners they can chisel. My nephew liked frozen waffles. Like you don't put it in the toast. You pull it out of the freezer and hand it to him. Loved like a it. popsicle? Basically, yeah. A dough popsicle. <laughs> Fuck. I was like, all right, man, you do you. Kind of guy who ended up in Mr. Freeze's gang. Yeah, exactly. But he's in his robe and slippers in this. It's all frozen inside. Like he's clearly turned the temperature now. Yeah, so he doesn't need his armor. Everyone else is freezing their asses off. This is how I would run my house, to be honest, if, if I could afford the 
power bill. <laughs> I would freeze the fuck out of this place. But he's trying to lead them in song to I'm Mr. White Christmas from the year without Santa Claus. And they're... Yep, Cold Miser yeah, the song. Yeah, the Cold Miser song, the Snow Miser. And I don't know why he's trying to get them to do it, because they're all way too fucking cold to, to sing anything. And he's like, ah. And he's, yeah, guys. and he's yelling at them to sing along. It's, God, it just sucks. It's, it's so, so bad. So here's the thing. This is what I don't get. They're all bundled up and freezing their asses off, but there's some random floozy and lingerie and like a plastic wrap <laughs> dress, and she's not cold at all. As a matter of fact, she's kind of hot for Mr. Freeze. And not a white woman. Not a white woman. Equal opportunity employer. That's why they're joining Equal Mr. opportunity, um, I don't know, eye candy. Darker skin absorbs more energy, and she just keeps herself warm that way. <laughs> It makes sense as all the other science yeah. in this movie. Uh, but she tries to have sex with him and she's like, he's like, no, I only have, uh, I only want to fuck my wife. And she's like, well, talk about your cold shoulder. And that's, that's her. That is her for the movie. Yep. <laughs> that is Yay! a wrap on random floozy. Yep. Um, well, she gets a little butt smack in there as well. Yeah. Shall we get to his plan? Yeah, his plan is that he's going to freeze the city and hold it hostage so he can get the money he needs to finish the research to cure his wife. It's the other way around. <laughs> what do you mean? You, f you, <laughs> you ransom them for the money, then you freeze the city. <laughs> if you freeze the city, the city's already dead. <laughs> That is true. Well, maybe he thinks like somebody outside the city will give them money. This is a poorly thought out plan. I mean, this is a poor. It is literally reverse those two. That's all the writer had to do. But he has to prove that he can freeze the city first. So I'll freeze this one and then I'll threaten the others. Give me money or the same will happen to you. Okay, but here's the thing. Why does he need to, like, I feel like if McGregor syndrome is such a thing, like, there's there's funding out there that somebody would give him, like, he wouldn't need to do this. Like, who's not trying to cure McGregor syndrome? I'm sorry. Every disease gets its own scientist to work on. How do you not realize this? That's how cures work. That's why they take so long. Okay, but he's clearly the scientist. He had the funding already, and then he got frozen, and then they're just like, you're just way too cold to be around, so we're pulling your funding like is that what happened ridiculous he squandered his funding on the shark tank of coolant that's true <laughs> i mean i i was just too distracted by the fact that his wife is bubbling away yeah, yeah. so my note here is uh baby god vat um and hey. Hey. <laughs> uh, see that's how puns actually work <laughs> yeah should i hired me now for 97 they uh, freeze is cooking his wife. Yeah, he's bubbling his wife, uh, low boiling her, and just tells her that they will be together soon. And so now uh, Barbara shows up, played by Alicia Silverstone of at this point clueless fame. Uh, her fame will not. Um, you miss you mispronounce the name. It's actually schoolgirl fetish. Yes, she shows up in a fucking fetish outfit. <laughs> she shows up as schoolgirl fetish. But right before you see her, like there's knocking or the doorbell or whatever the hell it was. And they're just yelling at Alfred to go get the goddamn door, man. <laughs> like, fuck, Alfred, just, oh, whatever, I'll do it myself. And so. Yeah, and it's literally fine, I'll get yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> Robin goes and gets it. Okay, so she's standing outside in her school girl outfit. This is crazy. She got on a plane and flew from England, as we will learn, mm -hmm. in a goddamn schoolgirl outfit and just kept it on. Well, as Alfred's expositing, he's been supporting her by sending her to a different boarding school in a different country. What a loving uncle. <laughs> 
<laughs> but just wear sweatpants or something on the plane ride over. Just God. Okay. So we will later learn that her whole motivation for coming over here is that she finally saved up enough money that she can get Alfred out of this dreary life of servitude because he deserves better. She is very conscious of how she spends her money and she couldn't get sweatpants. <laughs> These are the clothes she has. No, you're right. I mean, she she decided to leave school and literally go in her outfit onto the plane directly. Directly. Yeah. Do not go to dorm. Do not collect your luggage. <laughs> so Robin answers the door and is immediately like, please be looking for me. But she's not. She's looking for Ad Alfred. And okay, so she she eventually becomes Batgirl. No, no spoilers there. You should know this. But isn't Batgirl canonically Barbara Gordon, who's Commissioner yes. Gordon's daughter? Right. Okay, so this is... Canonically, yes. I typically hold to movies are kind of their own little spinoff universe. So I don't get too upset about shit like that. I mean, I'm an X-Men fan. So, I mean, fuck <laughs> what those movies have done with characters and their backstories, you know. Fair enough. Just go along for the ride. Take it as it's presented. Um, but yeah, she's apparently grown up and lived in England and sounds exactly like Alicia Silverstone. She's she like her parents are British. She grew up in England, went to English schools. <laughs> sounds American as mom and apple pie. <laughs> also, what is what is the age gap between Alfred and his sister where she had a has a teenage daughter i don't know because alfred's like in his 70s and we see pictures later of the mother that were taken in the 40s clearly easily yes. so did she have this kid in her 60s or 70s like what the fuck she was placed in cryosleep <laughs> barbara was apparently <laughs> she was actually born in 1953 <laughs> <laughs> so anyways um <laughs> you know, died. Parents died five years ago. Alfred's been taking care of her, and Bruce Wayne uses his uh, brilliant powers of deduction to read her sweater. Yes, that's what I have too. To like figure out, oh, you you went to uh, Oxbridge, uh, Alfred's alma mater. Oxbridge, go fuck it, Oxford. Yeah, yeah, portmanteau Oxbridge. of Oxford and Cambridge. <laughs> ha ha ha. We're so clever. Uh, I was going to ask Jules if that really was a real place. I think there actually is a University of Oxbridge. Yeah, it's not a good one. Well, this is well, this is a high school. This is a boarding school. Oh, boarding school. The, the, yes, that's true. She's supposed to be much younger. And she is absolutely amazed that he would know that. That he could read her sweater with the crest on it. <laughs> And so, yes, that's what I have. Uh, Barbara has a patch Bruce knows because he's the world's greatest detective. And it's close to her <laughs> boob, so he had to, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, how could you miss it then? <laughs> well, apparently also her high school has a computer sciences division. Not a department, a division. Dude, you were in first aid club. That's a real thing. <laughs> this is made up bullshit that was a real thing sure which we have to uh -huh. mention this because you know she's gonna do computer stuff later laughably she will do it later but we just established that she's a computer whiz in this conversation no, Lex from Jurassic Park is a better computer. Oh, I agree. Wins. I agree. But like they, this is how they establish that she knows about computers because she was at Oxbridge's Computer Sciences Division Incorporated. Oh, I cannot wait till we get to her quotes hacking into emails. Oh, it's genius. We, we, we will get there. Genius. It's amazing. No one's ever thought of this method before. <laughs> 
So Robin <laughs> offers to show her how to ride a mo- There's a motorcycle just chilling outside for reasons. Just just because they need to be able to talk about a motorcycle. There was a photo shoot. Uh, no, I, I reject that. I'm I'm <laughs> You're giving way too much attention to this motorcycle. But what's important here is that he offers to give future Batgirl a ride and she's like, "Oh no, I I'm way too scared of uh motorcycles and uh pin in that, by the way." That's this movie's idea of foreshadowing. It is. <laughs> Also, there's apparently like a, a, a debate of as to whether or not she's going to stay in this giant mansion with more rooms than God. Like, uh, pin in that, by the way. <laughs> there's something at the end of the movie I found completely hilarious, and you already touched on it a little bit. So I'm just going to call her Babs. Babs has come to tuck Alfred in, apparently. <laughs> And Alfred is apparently trying to find his brother, who's the butler of some Indian maharaja. And come from a great tradition of butlers. Yes, they come from a great line of butlers, but like somehow can't, in the digital age, find his brother. Like this brother's just gone missing, and he can't, he needs to get a hold of him. And this is apparently a thing. No, I just love how Alfred has to exposit to his niece about who her other uncle is. Yeah, apparently like... doesn't know who her <laughs> uncle is. This is not a family that communicates with each other, even though he desperately needs to get in touch with his brother. If I'm talking to my uncle, he can just say like, "Oh, your aunt," and say your name, not like, "Oh, your aunt." who was a school teacher but is now a nurse, and then moved on to marry into... Hold on, how much time do I have to die so I can give you her, you know, her entire biography? Well, anyways, tells him to go to bed. <laughs> Shut up, old man. <laughs> go to bed. Uh, goes into the hallway, and so she came in with a robe. <laughs> Takes off her robe. She's This was a giant robe because under it, she doesn't actually have pajamas on. She's got like a whole... She's dressed to go oh, out. Oh, my God. Grabs a bike jacket and helmet and sneaks out the window. Does the tie the bed sheets (laughs) to the bedpost and climbs out the window, even though there's four of them in this palatial mansion and she could have easily just snuck out the front door. She pushes a motorcycle out of the garage and we're not going to see her for a while. Yay! (laughs) It's probably for the best. She wasn't acting very well. No, no. Alicia Silverstone's performance is god-awful in this movie. So now uh, Bane and Poison Ivy are driving through the mean streets of the Warner Brothers backlot. Oh my god. And what the fuck are these random statues? Oh my god. Who knows? Well, the giant statues thing started in like Batman Returns, and then it got upped in the last one, and now it's just fucking insane right but in this car we we, you know we get told that bruce wayne is gonna be at this observatory so she tells bane to step on it and he goes step and why does poison ivy need a wig here yes thank you she opens a box with a blonde wig that is never worn no she wears it she wears it no no she doesn't oh it's a different hairstyle when this is a short blonde wig and then the next time you see her, she's pulled her hair back into her ponytail to be dorky Pamela Isley uh, again. Yep. And there's a later scene where it kind of looks like it, and I had to go back and look at this wig. But no, this never gets worn. Well, she was trying it on and decided she didn't like it on the ride over. Right. <laughs> I will say that Bane is more intelligible in this movie than in The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, but he's still worse because <laughs> at least that Bane said stuff. True. True. <laughs> you mean aside from bomb, bomb, exit, cookie. <laughs> <laughs>
So, yeah, we're at this observatory, and it turns out Bruce Wayne has donated a new telescope that can see all around the world using <laughs> satellites that reflect light to it. This line <laughs> broke me. This line literally <laughs> broke me. I am so glad that Bruce does give the explanation of satellites to reflect light, which doesn't really make that much sense. That just means there's giant mirrors floating around up there. But, yes, Jules, please. Give us the question as stated. The journalist asks him, is it true that this telescope can see all around the globe? <laughs> I just, it broke me. A telescope is specifically designed not to look at the globe. It's supposed to look out into space. I'm sorry, how are you using telescopes? <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> also, satellites aren't static. These would be orbiting the planet, so they would not be able to, like, you know, reflect. But here's the thing. With satellites... Satellites <laughs> look down on us already. Yeah. Why, why is the telescope involved in this process? Why do you believe that... I'm not talking about real satellites. I'm talking about these satellites. <laughs> have things like lenses and cameras, because they are there to reflect light to the other side of the planet. This is their purpose. And apparently, well, they also have their own thrusters, <laughs> as we will see at the end of the movie. <laughs> I'm not, nor have I ever been a scientist, but I am a nerd. And I told you, I walked out of this movie with the goal of convincing everyone I knew to not see it. <laughs> Guys, I think we're missing the important thing here, which is... Is Bruce Wayne and L. McPherson gonna get married? I don't care, is the answer. <laughs> well, the paparazzi fucking cares. Yeah. L. <laughs> McPherson bails out uh, Bruce Wayne about commitment and whatever, gives a very political answer, kind of does him a solid. And this is when Poison Ivy... She's in nerd mode. She doesn't have the transatlantic accent. She just comes in, crashes the party, and presents him a paper about how Wayne Enterprises can go green. And this report lets you know conspicuously with prints going diagonally that it is printed on recycled paper. What bugged me shortly afterwards is that she says... Forget about the stars. Earth is in pain. And I was just like, Ivy, weren't you listening? This this doesn't look at the stars. <laughs> That's correct. This telescope looks at the Earth. And basically, Bruce Wayne is like, look, the environmental impact of my company, you know. The yeah, it comes down to, and to quote him, people come first. Um, am I going to look into ways of doing these things greenly? No, go fuck yourself. The smug from George Clooney's Oscar acceptance speech <laughs> has now made its way across the mountains. <laughs> Uh, but now we get we get more finger wagging acting as she tells them that there's going to be a day of reckoning coming and they're all kind of laugh her off and he's like look we're having a charity ball to raise money for the rainforest why don't you stop by batman and robin are making an appearance the plot needs her to know that this is going on i want to know how she got the performance itinerary <laughs> kissed a lot of people and so she pontificates that if she gets rid of batman and robin she'll be able to green gotham she's back in her transatlantic accent talking to herself <laughs> now we get to watch mr freeze watching some cheesy wedding videos and a goon comes in with a newspaper and be like hey boss got something to tell you and he just freezes him it's like you know i hate it when people talk during the movie exactly so you can quit but it's you're not at a theater or some shit you're watching home movies man <laughs> not 
not even movies. Home movies. I'm sorry, not just home movies. Home movies that you are in. You were there. Yeah. It's not like you don't know what's happening. Yeah, you know how this ends. But anyways, he eventually decides to go over and take the frozen newspaper. And he sees that, oh, there's going to be this charity ball with this giant diamond. Plot can move forward. Yay. And now we're at this charity ball. And holy shit, this is bananas. (laughs) I see what you did there. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Jules, that was for Jules. Oh. That wasn't for John. That was for Jules. Yeah, but I still had to be there for it. <laughs> okay, so I contend that this whole thing is not offensive to any culture because it doesn't know what culture it's making a mockery of. <laughs> It's just tropical. Is it Pacific Island tropical? Is it South American tropical? You can't tell, so you can't be offended. You can't be offended. I was trying to figure it out. It's difficult. It is Tarzan tropical is what it is. So yeah, there's like dancers in grass skirts. There's like Olmec heads. There's fake trees everywhere. There's like weird tropical music. Again, and Batman and Robin are there, and they bring out this giant diamond necklace uh, brought to you by Isis. <laughs> no, okay, yeah. Um, because, yeah, they're having a charity auction, and basically the winner of the charity auction will go out on the date with this Wayne Diamond necklace yeah that's not how charity auctions work <laughs> right but but a, a selling point it's not that these ladies are hot and you would want to go on a date with them it's they're gonna wear this super fancy diamond ah. diamonds in weird places i mean this one is kind of because they're trying to lure them out but diamonds are in weird places in this movie yeah, weird places, but also being used for weird things. And the giant main stone on this necklace is more like a ruby? Yeah, it is definitely a gemstone <laughs> of sorts. <laughs> and so, yeah, like the, the, the women who are being auctioned off are, are flower themes. Like, I'll spend $50,000 on Magnolia, and I'll bet $100,000 on the lily. Again, what the fuck is this auction? They're outbidding each other on different I people. I know! I know! It's so stupid. It's so stupid. I just want Andy McDowell to show up with her checkbook. $383.88. And now two gorilla suits bully their way to a platform above the crowd. Jesus. We now get Poison Ivy doing a gorilla suit striptease to... Middle Eastern music because <laughs> what the fuck is this scene? I Seriously, no. And then she blows this pheromone dust to like enchant the crowd. It's the beginning of her blowing this substance and no one noticing it. And where do these jacked dudes come from? These Tarzan dudes, we have not seen them before. They just <laughs> manifest for Poison Ivy's bit here. <laughs> level of nonsense is honestly a bit admirable it is it is nobody at any point was just like hey joel this is fucking crazy like nope we're doing crazy we're going full fucking mental for this and so she gets onto the stage and she blows more of her dust into batman and robin's face like why does she need to blow multiple doses the point is she blows (laughs) she blows hard (laughs) she does and she starts making plant sex puns about how she has wild oats to sow and that her her garden needs tending she's kind of trying to play start playing batman yeah for all of the dumb this is a um you know commercial for toys for kids 
Poison Ivy is weirdly mature content only. <laughs> right? It's like seriously grabbing those teenagers by the bulls. Yeah, and she's already kind of starting to play Batman and Robin off each other. Because her ego needs a boost, she gets all the men to start bidding on her. Well, I mean, they're smitten because of all the times that she blew them. Yeah, <laughs> she just blew the crowd. 37. 37. <laughs> just going to leave it there. Whoever gets the reference gets it. But then Batman and Robin start trying to outbid each other, which is fucking crazy because Robin doesn't have any of his own money. <laughs> to which he just says he'll get it off of Batman. <laughs> I'm going to outbid you with your own money. Yes. Yes. I'm going to win this auction and you're paying for it anyway. <laughs> To which Batman replies with the goddamn card. He whips out a fucking credit card. It's And so it has his name, Batman, on it. <laughs> and it's expiration date, or it's good through forever. <laughs> I did not notice that. Yeah, so the card reads Batman forever. <laughs> We're just going to put that there with the rest oh of the fire. <laughs> so true. <laughs> You gonna be all right, Nick? No, I'm not. <laughs> That's this is usually what happens to me when you start talking about Gobbler's Knob or whatever. Kind of, you need a few moments. I don't know why this broke me, but it did. I don't know why either. It's one of the more innocuous things in this movie, to be honest. <laughs> oh god anyways i guess because like you absorbed everything else the fact that there's more stupid i think that's it i thought i knew all the stupid in this movie but nope, there is more, more there is more stupid <laughs> oh i'm literally tearing up right now oh god uh, and it comes uh, with the sound effect of a cash register rope yes it makes a cha-ching just, just to put the cherry on it you know and now Freeze bursts in with his spike mobile. <laughs> yes! Just crashes the party literally. He he starts shooting his laser, his freeze ray into the crowd. Despite this being like a densely packed crowd, he only manages to freeze like two individual people to start off. He doesn't like freeze a whole bunch of them. It's just like you and you and that's it. Fighting ensues because, you know, he's got his goons there. And Poison Ivy's like kind of turned on by Mr. Freeze. He, she, she's, yeah. she's into this. He swings on a vine to the stage to get the diamond. No, he doesn't. He does not. <laughs> this is where elasticity gets fucked. He says boo to one of the dancers to scare her so she drops her vine. <laughs> and then he doesn't swing. He gets pulled like it's a fucking bungee cord <laughs> that they just release the latch on. <laughs> Oh. But she tries to pheromone him, but it doesn't work because, ah, clearly a pheromone designed to make a man's blood hot, but mine is too cold. And it's like, that's not how pheromones work. Or blood. Or, <laughs> yeah, hormones, anything. That is not how science sciences. No. So he takes the diamond and he escapes in his vehicle and leaves his goons behind again. Just, <laughs> you guys got to go get the bus. <laughs> Okay, these are not normal goons. They are simulacra, which in the world of D&D <laughs> are copies of people, which is why they're so identical. Copies of people made from ice and snow. So really, he just has like giant goon molds at his base. 
and just produces these. He has a good 3D printer. See, he leaves them, and after 11 minutes, they just melt. Ah. But after Freeze escapes, Robin is still super spitting with Poison Ivy. He's, he wants a piece of that. Mm-hmm. But there's no time for that, because now we got a Mad Max Fury Road through the streets of Gotham. After the Spikemobile. Again, because apparently freezing anything makes it brittle. He freezes a statue and drives through it. And now they're all driving along this arm towards his hand. They're going to ramp off this hand. And Batman's like, Robin's not going to make it on his on his motorcycle. And he's like, no, I can make it. And he says, override code, whatever. Disable the engine on the, the Robin cycle. And that's got to be dangerous, right? To just completely take away his control of his own vehicle. And Robin lays that bike down and skids to a halt right before plummeting off the end. And Robin gets to die in his general direction. Yes, yes. My note was Robin's (laughs) reaction is the same as mine whilst watching this movie. (laughs) <laughs> so he, so freezes goons they don't make the jump freezes vehicle does make the jump and he turns spins around and he shoots the freeze ray at the batmobile which is you know flying through the air couple things okay because i have one as well but go ahead how does batman eject through the solid ice above his car <laughs> Also, his car is open air, so surely he got frozen too when his car got frozen. <laughs> and then how does the frozen Batmobile like land safely on the roof anyway? Like, just three things of bullshit here. Mine was, you know what's really great for jumping and distance records? Heavy tank-like vehicles and not motorcycles. I know! I know! <laughs> <laughs> oh, the logic behind it was so dumb. And then apparently he he gets onto the roof where Mr. Freeze's vehicle is, and he can smash through the windshield and the metal of the windshield frame. He could just crash through all of it, just tear it apart. Yeah, but we get the greatest superhero fight scene. Oh yeah, in this moment. Yeah. Oh yeah, the one the one that happened off camera that we don't get to see. <laughs> yes, it's. Cut to Mr. Freeze is on the ground and Batman had covered him with his cape because there's a reveal. He poses. He He poses poses. with it. And fucking poses for no one. No, for the audience. For the audience. He's presenting Mr. Freeze to us, the audience, like a cat who has brought a mouse in. So nuts. So nuts. So now back at the Batcave, this Batmobile that was apparently frozen is fine. It's just they're parking it. Well, it's got that giant spinning fire engine in the front of it. Not like a fire truck, sorry, but it's a glowy fireball sort of thing spinning around under the Found the closest vat of water, used his red laser. You know, it's not complicated. (laughs) (laughs) And when you freeze things, like clearly they become lighter, as we saw with Robin. So he could just pick his car up and put it in the vat of water. (laughs) (laughs) And so Robin tells Batman, like, hey, man, I could have made the jump. And Jesus, this tension is so fucking contrived. He's like, how can you be a team if you don't trust me? But why doesn't Batman trust him? Just because the plot needs him to not trust him. Exactly. Literally the only reason. So Alfred is now recording a message to his brother onto a CD on his computer. And I got to be honest. This is a pretty cool computer for 1997. Like it's it's got a LCD flat screen. It's like a all in one. The CD tray pops 
forward it like opens up like clamshell style as opposed to being just a tray it's kind of cool but so he can't get hold of him he's tried every address to find his brother oh my god but he somehow thinks that this CD will magically make it to him somehow some way well because he's giving it to Alicia Silverstone and of course she can track him down because she is an expert hacker my note here is in the age of Facebook this isn't a plot point it is when you absolutely abstain from all social media <laughs> okay this okay this is still a plot point if you're john i get it <laughs> my family literally doesn't know my address this came up over christmas they're like we were gonna mail you some presents and gifts and stuff but we don't know where the fuck you live <laughs> oh so you could just die in your apartment and none of them would ever find out mm-hmm. so bruce wayne walks in and he asks alfred hey like am i pig-headed and alfred's like yep you are pig-headed. Does not miss word. I actually kind of like this exchange. This exchange kind of confirms my theory to me that Michael Goff wrote his own lines because what he says is coherent and emotionally deep and poignant. The story of Batman going through like a depression, you know, he lost his parents and so... Batman is his way of controlling the world and, you know, after losing control. And it's, it's actually a very poignant speech, which does not belong in this turd hole of a movie. No. But then, just in case you thought this scene was going to stay meaningful and, like, grounded. We get the, <laughs> we get the best haya in movie history. Yes! Yes! My note was, you know she knows martial arts because... Hi-ya! Hi-ya! <laughs> so yeah just in case you forgot uh babs is still in this movie robin surprises her as she's like bringing back her motorcycle and she judos him to the ground she judo flips him and yells Hi-ya! the best hi-ya in movie history it's just unbelievable it is really good so we get a spooky establishing shot of arkham asylum um, so F- Mr. Freeze is being brought to his cell inside a Gotham Electric Deluxe Refrigeration Unit. So they take him to his his circular cell with like a freeze ray going on over the bed. And he tries to run away, but he can't live outside the cold zone. And you would think he knows this because he doesn't have his suit on. He's just in prison pajamas. Should we bring up the line where the policeman says, No, that line was lame. I think my brain rejected it. <laughs> But they actually had the line of, like, put him under the cold beam. It's not just the room is cold. He should have, yeah, been able to realize what this situation was. And we need to talk about the guards for a moment. We do. We definitely do. Unnecessary eye patch guy. <laughs> is Ralph Muller, a German actor. He was he was the biggest of the big guys on the German team in Beer Fest. He was also in Gladiator as the guy who, like, Test Russell Crowe's food and fakes like he's being poisoned. Oh, it's the same guy. Oh, oh brilliant. That guy. It's that dude. And the other one's Jesse Ventura. Get the fuck, fuck. out of here. No. And then guard number three. Oh, yeah. My God. Basically, they needed people that could cause Arnold to look small. Oh, of course. That makes sense. That's the way I see this. The guards need to be able to overpower Mr. Freeze. And who are you going to get to stand up to fucking Arnold? <laughs> that makes a lot of fucking sense. Also, I, I just got to point this out. There's no toilet in the cell. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, does he pee ice? <laughs> I was about to say, it comes out frozen, so it's easy to dispose of. <laughs> So now Poison Ivy and Bane are going house hunting. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, Bane is still in a trench coat and a fedora. <laughs> Which, as we know, is the best disguise ever. Exactly. So. Not conspicuous at all. Well, when compared to Glowface paint <laughs> gang. <laughs> right, because they're looking for a place to, to, to shack up. And they find an abandoned Turkish bath. And this is going to be perfect. Except there are current occupants. Yeah. The gang who wears black light refractive makeup. <laughs> yeah. 
They're all like painted like in neon paint, top to bottom. Yes, and they've set up black lights. Do you think Joel Schumacher just discovered black lights at this moment? <laughs> it's very nineties. Black because lights. Because it's, and... it's also in Batman Forever, but it's like three times as much in this movie. I see, but not nearly as much. Yeah, <laughs> Batman Forever had a nice balance. This is just fucking insane. But it is very nineties. And so Bane comes crashing in. Bane. And he's managed to slip out of his coat and fedora. He decided he doesn't need those anymore. <laughs> well, now it's time to kick ass. You don't kick ass in your trench coat in Ventura. In Ventura. <laughs> I rarely go to Ventura County to kick ass. I That is very true. And you certainly don't do it in a trench coat. I mean, yeah, I, here we go. <laughs> you kick ass your way, I'll kick ass my way. My way involves a trench coat. Yeah, so he's got like this button in the center of his chest that makes him go like, you know, Super Saiyan, essentially. It's supposedly like just gives him another dose of venom but i feel like her hitting it there's consent issues here that's what i'm saying like she smacks it and puts more of the shit in his system and i feel like you know he's she should hit his own button that's that's all I'm i mean i'm sorry we we talked about the luchador mask and yes bane is wearing his wrestling singlet but he's got a lot of spikes He's got a spiky girdle and bracelets, and so he is obviously the sub in this relationship. Very <laughs> true. true. She she leads him around like she's talking to a fucking pet. <laughs> Come, Bane. Come. <laughs> yeah. They definitely have a dom-sub relationship. Definitely, going. yeah. But so, yeah, he starts fighting these hooligans and this is a very short fight because they all sh- try to whip his arms with these neon chains like these yellow neon chains and he yeah, just yoinks the them and then they all go <laughs> flying behind him and then they run away because they know they're not going to win this fight but here's the thing four hooligans whip his arm and get pulled six hooligans land behind him <laughs> and run away <laughs> He yanked them so hard, their astral forms came out of their bodies. And so, this. <laughs> and so now they're going to redecorate uh, by Bane breaking shit. And she's going to plant some seeds. She's like, um, she uses some very flowery language to tell Bane that she wants to... Uh, uh, flowery. Mm-hmm. Uh, to tell Bane that she wants to break Freeze out of jail. And she's like, you know, clean up, Bane, honey. We've got company. Honey, company is Bane's response to that. I'm surprised Bane made it to three syllable words. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Say what you will about Hardy, man. At least he had a character and shit to do. Yeah. This guy is elevated thug. That's it. Hey, so remember uh, Bruce Wayne's girlfriend? Neither did I, but we need to have another scene with her for reasons. (laughs) Yeah, my my note is, what the hell is the point? In Girlfriends? Exactly. Exactly. Single for life. (laughs) Julian, you got to break up. Contractually, in this podcast, I'm single because, you know, the ladies (laughs) like the English accent and the fart jokes. Yes, it's mostly the fart jokes. But anyways, yeah, so basically, Elle McPherson wants to, after only a year of dating, she, like, hints that she wants to spend the rest of her life with him, which is a red flag. I've known far shorter engagements. And I'm sure those relationships are so happy and non-toxic. Some of them actually are. And still going. Okay, but they rolled really high on that fucking charisma check, so... 
and she doesn't want to give pressure him, but she wants to give him some food for thought by kissing him. But during this whole thing, he's been hallucinating Poison Ivy standing behind her. Mm-hmm. So much so that she says Ivy's name out loud during the kiss. Yes, he does. Wait, who's Ivy? He's like, I don't know. He just kind of hand waves it. But that's now over. That was the scene. So Robin is <laughs> in the back cave. Okay, this is fucking nuts. This is. <laughs> yeah, lots of nuts things. So this is, is still the era of enhance robin is at a computer looking at pictures of poison ivy he says enhance from 14 to 19 14 to 19 what fuck you kilometers kilometers zoom not only does he enhance this digitally he apparently slides a magnifying pane (laughs) over the monitor just to give it that little extra oomph So it should have been one of those uh, magnifying lenses with the ring light on it as well, like the ring of light, so he could illuminate his computer screen a little bit more to really get that image. So yeah, Robin's trying to figure out who Poison Ivy is. However, his perf session is interrupted by a motion sensor <laughs> that catches Babs trying to sneak out of the garage. Again! But now he's going to go after her. So is he going to see something that he likes, or is this going to be one of the craziest fucking scenes in an already <laughs> crazy movie (laughs) well we're gonna take a little break and you'll have to find out right after this come on hey jules everything okay man wait isn't that nick's computer oh um <laughs> hey look i'm not here to judge man you find his porn folder yet i can't even get in the upgrade to windows 95 has amazing security all right well, let's see what we can do what have you done everything i can think of man there's the normal password password capitalized password in all caps even that stupid password up and down like a ransom note okay well let's just go back to a regular password but uh, i don't know try putting a one at the end uh, john it's called password. Words don't have numbers, and math shouldn't have letters. Yeah, well, you can take the complaint up with the movie 7, all right? Look, just let the computer guy in. And there, see? Password 1, we're in. My god, it's literally dumping images all over your face. Oh, thanks for reminding me. Porn folder, let's see. Yeah. What's Argentinian strap-on? And why is there a subfolder labeled Kenny Loggins and Ted Raimi? The most erotic of music. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. And uh, we are in an abandoned lot with terrible rap music and neon projections on the walls because youth culture. Did you notice uh, the gang from Clockwork Orange? I did notice the gang from Clockwork Orange. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, there's... Oh, my brothers. Sorry, no, I was too distracted by Coolio's hair. Right, it was Coolio. Where the fuck did Coolio come from? The, the, the dude who starts the race, yeah. 
we pan through the gang from Clockwork Orange, a foppish wig gang. Foppish wig and eye patch gang. And eye patch gang, of course. <laughs> and um, and yeah, next to Coolio is uh, one of his ladies is wearing a dress of cash. I was just saying, how did Lady Gaga get in this movie? <laughs> yeah, so he he's called Coolio's character's name is banker okay and he he is pimptastic well as one would expect and so so babs comes in and he's like you know hey how much to play you know or like how much coin to play because she's trying to sound cool and hip and down <laughs> with the streets and she does not it's just she like the rest of this movie this movie does never no. experienced crime in its entire existence nope <laughs> it reminds me of hamlet too where the you know the quintessentially whitest white girl ever is hanging out with some of the latino students and she's like <laughs> pendejo <laughs> and they're just like the fuck is wrong with you girl the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> so she pays her entrance fee and some guy i call him clown dickhead because he just looks like a clown dickhead so clown dick heard that she won the tunnel run is that like the kessel run yes exactly Not in under seven she shaved six. a few parsecs off her tongue yeah apparently <laughs> and decides to come up to be a dick to her and tells her to take her little tricycle and go home this has two wheels dumbass yeah but she's trying to be like little girl, you know, you're on your tricycle. I'm a bully. You need to have an antagonist for this race. So I've just... she's twenty. <laughs> well, anyway, she needs an antagonist for this race, and he's volunteering. Just to make a side bet, and she's like, "Yeah, how much you got?" She's like, "How much you got?" No, bro, just how much have you got? You and so that has resolved the bet, and we are ready to race. We now. are ready to go. <laughs> um, so before he gets on his bike, he tells his gangsters, "Like, just make sure the guys are ready at the end of the bridge." And the dude's like, "You got it, Spike." His name is Spike, but he's he's clown dick. So Chris O'Donnell's been following her, and he's there too with his Robin helmet. Yeah, very inconspicuous in his Robin helmet. How many of you took this to mean that she recognized it was him? I did <laughs> at not. This point, I did not. She just like looked back and saw him. She distinctly turns around and sees him, and I. God, I'm certain that she recognized him. I... And then, yet at the end of the race. She's like, oh no, I've been caught. I was I was too distracted by the random cherub baby on her helmet. And yes, there's a random cherub baby on her helmet. But also, yeah, he just kind of sneaks into the starting line. He, I, it's not established that he ever pays an entrance fee. He's just like... Yeah, she had to go through this whole damn thing and, you know, sexual harassment and... Chris O'Donnell just slides in. All right, so we, we're not going to break this race down beat by beat because that's just, we're going to be here all oh, day. Oh, please, no. Oh, yeah, dear. please. I mean, but I do have a couple questions because this race is absolutely fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, my broad sweeping note is no one can fucking hear you in those helmets, so why are you yelling? Right? Uh, why are there green-flamed fire barrels everywhere? Because this is a video game. This is a video game, exactly! This is a video game. Clearly Candyman has painted and decorated yes just weird like face murals on the walls there's also pyrotechnics like why do they need pyrotechnics i feel like that you know the money yeah they... there's sparks everywhere why what a waste of money because shang sung's tournament is gonna start soon and we have to get to the boat i don't know there are spectators it's stupid Bikes are spontaneously combusting. Speaking of videos, my daughter's like, yeah, this feels like a Need for Speed Underground Bikes Edition level. Like, this is not a realistic street race. <laughs> and it builds to a climax where fire is slippery. 
<laughs> and ice is creepy. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell, Babs, and it's, you know, clown dick. And they're going down a bridge. Because apparently that's the next phase of the course. But then somebody bungee Molotov cocktails the road with green flame. Chris O'Donnell and Babs go through the flame and they slip on their bikes and start sliding down this bridge. (laughs) But this bridge has not been finished. So why is this a part of the course? Because they were all just going to ramp off and die like what the fuck is this i think the idea was that he smashed through a thing to an un part of the part of the course to sabotage an unpart i am using that word now (laughs) exactly this is and this is not part of the course it is an an (laughs) unpart and uh the only problem with that plan is how does he guarantee that she would follow him? I don't know. She could have just finished the course. He would have lost the race and all of his money and cred. Nothing about this makes sense. This is again where I was just like, am I having a fucking stroke? Magnets. They're all, yeah, mag- <laughs> magnets. Fuck it. How they work. The bullshit way that Robin saves her with his foot. Again, physics just, physics stabs me in this movie. <laughs> because she goes over first. He stops himself going over by hooking his foot onto an exposed piece of rebar. But the rebar is not going to stop him from falling. He is going to try to catch it. His foot will slide off and they both fall to their death. Look, I understand that you believe in this thing known as inertia. (laughs) (laughs) And friction. And and its counterpart, sense. Those are just general (laughs) concepts in this movie. (laughs) Well, anyways, uh, yeah, whatever. Hooks the rebar, catches her, finds out who he is. And instead of being like freaked the fuck out because she's like dangling off a bridge. Or grateful that her life just got saved. She's just, oh, it's you. You found me. Ugh, this is annoying. Great. Now I'm going to have to explain shit. And as we find out in the next scene, she already had the money and didn't need to go to this race. This is for funsies. This is for funsies slash dealing with the pain of her parents. That's why she said she got into racing was because after her parents died, she like needed a way to forget the pain. And so naturally, you know, illegal street bike racing was the way to do that not getting therapy Mm -hmm. or processing it healthily just you know and she was gambling with money that was supposed to be for alfred i'm sorry you say that like there's a problem here that (laughs) things are inconsistent and don't line up what i'm saying is it completely undoes any good that she was That was I'm saying I don't understand where this issue is. Where, how are you coming to this conclusion that this is a bad thing to be gambling with money that you are trying to set aside to save someone's life? How's this breakdown? So we get the you wouldn't understand cliche here. And he's like, no, I would, you know. And yeah, this is where we learn about the, the money and she wants to give Alfred enough money so he doesn't have to do servitude because like his job's beneath him. But Robin's like, hey, he's like family. And she's like, no, it's kind of weird if you're paying your family to cook and clean and do all this shit for you. But Ral- Alfred's happy and... She's like, no, Alfred's been hiding his pain. He's sick. And after Bab storms off, uh, we hear Bruce Wayne be like, Alfred's not sick. He's dying. And he's in an adjacent room the staircase. And he's just been waiting there in the dark to, like, come out at the right moment. Okay. As mentioned in the trip and fall flashback, (laughs) Alfred raised him. Ah, and so he's learned the ways. He has learned how to just wait. <laughs> he just forgot to put the powder on the floor so that she fell, you know. 
Yeah, there, there, he he left out some steps, but uh, he but he doesn't actually know for certain that Alfred is dying. It's just he can tell. World's greatest detective. So now we're back at Arkham Asylum, and Frieza's sculpting some ice from the pipes in his cell, and he puts it on the gears of his alarm clock, and it's his wife in the vat. Whatever. So this is fucking crazy. Okay, again, <laughs> I say this a lot. I say this a lot in this movie. Poison <laughs> Ivy pretends to be. Mr. Freeze's sister, you go visit him in his cell. <laughs> yes, Jesse Ventura and Ralph Muller come in to tell him that he has a visitor, his sister, to which he's like, sister? I don't have a fucking sister. So, you know, they let her in anyway. Yeah, because that was not in any way suspicious. <laughs> also, they, she didn't have to show ID. They didn't do a background check as one might do for prison visitations. None of that shit. They didn't transport oh him God. to the visitor's area for, as a security precaution. They just let her right into the heart of this fucking maximum security facility because... Yep. And then she blows the guys and kills them. <laughs> kisses them and kills them. By the way, before she does that, she does blow them, as we're referring to blowing in this. And the one just sees his buddy getting, like, shit blown in his face and doesn't react to it, just waits his turn to get stuff blown in his face. This is what bugs me, is no one ever notices her blowing shit throughout this entire movie. It's like she's invisible when she blows dust. Are we, the audience, (laughs) the only ones who can see the dust? (laughs) I think you might be onto something there. Yeah. But, okay, even if you can't see the dust, she just turned to your partner, the the other guard, and held her hand out and went, yeah, something's up here. Way to go, Jesse Ventura. Keeping Arkham safe. Too busy being a sexual Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, you remember uh, the Riddler and Two-Face from, from the previous movie? I remember. <laughs> and it wants to make sure you remember. <laughs> I freeze framed this shot of the like inmate belongings lockup or however they phrased it because those two are very prominent. Riddler and Two-Face. And I really didn't find anything else. That was it. I saw a stuffed doll, but it's not like, you know, Scarface and the Ventriloquist doll. This is more of like um, a stuffed, plushy, revolutionary war guy. Okay. It may have been Cap'n Crunch. It's kind of <laughs> dark. It's hard to tell. The most evil Batman villain of them all, Captain Crunch. Cut your mouth up, guy. <laughs> yeah, he will. So basically, yeah, Bane crashes through the wall, knocks out the guard, and gets Frieza's suit, runs through the building knocking people over with it with a fucking shopping cart (laughs) and i did like arnold's line here when bane comes in bane bursts in with the suit and arnie's like ah a largely service that delivers and he's so excited in his delivery i really liked that one because for once he didn't mention anything goddamn cold don't you worry the movie's gonna shove its dick in your face in like 30 seconds don't worry So, okay, so he gets a suit on, but he's low on power. He needs more diamonds. Again, uh... fuck you. And so Bane can't break open the thing, even with the button pushed. Yeah, he can't smash through the wall because apparently it's reinforced steel, which she knows because you can see bricks. Yeah, yeah you can see bricks. Yeah, fuck you. Well, clearly, <laughs> reinforced steel is Bane's one weakness, so if he can't break through, Ivy just knows that that must be what these are made for. <laughs> like, you know, reinforced steel, not good. Is and he's low on voice. power, but can still use ice from his suit. Please feel free to deliver the worst line in movie, movie history. Um, do you mean I'll help you grab your rocks? <laughs> oh, not that one? Not that one? 
Oh, not that no. one. No, he he freezes the pipes to get them to burst and blow a hole in the wall. Always winterize your pipes. That was the always one. winterize your pipes. Okay, but how is that any worse than you're not sending me to the Kula? Or all right, everyone, chill. Like they're just it's all bad. When you see a lot of funny videos, you sort of you're weakened to jokes that aren't necessarily good. That's kind of how I felt with this line. Like I'd been weakened by previous lines. And it worn you down to the point where this was way worse to you than it probably would exactly. be objectively. I get it. I get it. Again, I finally started having fun with this movie. So <laughs> It took 30 years for 25-ish. Yeah, 20. Holy fuck. 25. It's, been, anyway. it's been a while. So they're about <laughs> to jump off this tower. And he mentions it. All right, you're going to get the diamonds. Like, you get my wife, complete stranger. You go get the person that matters most to me in this world. <laughs> right? While I go get some diamonds for my suit. And she's like, you didn't mention a wife. I have the hots for you. I would have done this if I that I had to, like, fight another chick for you. But then this movie took a really weird turn. Um all three of them jumped to their deaths. Yeah. Uh, they, and the problem was solved. Yeah. There's no butterfly wings. No, nothing. Just, oh, I hope Mr. Bane can swim. Hey, Bane is wearing a leotard. You are wearing an armor coolant suit. I'm not sure Bane's the one we need to be worried Even about in either. the animated Beauty and the Beast, Gaston died when he fell down a similar height <laughs> from a similar sized castle. But he did not fall willingly. <laughs> ah, okay. So if you choose to jump, you survive. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The strength of your conviction. Yeah, I also had a, I don't remember the movie ending here because all the, <laughs> the villains killed themselves by jumping way too high into water. <laughs> Robin's already died eight times. He's still got like four more to go, so... <laughs> Anyways, back at Wayne Manor, Bruce Wayne is asking Alfred if he's feeling well, and actually, no, I know that you've not been feeling well. Like, look, Alfred, I will take you to the best doctors. I've already seen him. He's like, you just got to accept it, Master Bruce. Just got to accept it. He's seen the best doctors, but none of them have diagnosed him. We only get a diagnosis (laughs) later in this movie. (laughs) So I don't think he saw the best doctors. That's amazing. It is also insanely easy to know that the early stages of this disease, a cure already fucking exists. Well, only uh, Mr. Freeze knows about it because he invented it and decided not to share it with the world. Science! But we'll learn that later. Basically, he asks Alfred, hey, have you regretted your life here? And he's like, well, you know, the only thing I regret is not being out there with you. Aww. Aww. But they get interrupted by Robin, who tells them that Freeze has escaped, so they gotta do some other stuff. So, sorry, we gotta fuck off now. We gotta fuck (laughs) off. the, The movie keeps dragging us away from anything emotionally significant or impactful back to this. And that's why I love this movie. (laughs) I don't have to connect with people. (laughs) Your cold soul is appeased. You're goddamn right. I always wanted the kind of Mr. Freeze style suit, except not like the way it looks in this. It'd be more of like just... um, the old school dive suits. Okay. I'm, I'm almost a big daddy from Bioshock walking around <laughs> in my refrigerated dive suit. <laughs> I can see it. Except you're never cold, John. You've always professed how you're... No, that's the point. I need it to be cold. When it's like 65 degrees, that is way too goddamn hot, and which is why, for some reason, I live in Southern California. Of course. Yeah, we need to move you to Montana. Listeners, if you know John, you know he, this is a guy who skis in a t-shirt. And cargo shorts. I am a polar bear. <laughs> So now we're back at Freeze's hideout, and it's surrounded by toy cars. Sorry, I mean police cars. 
<laughs> Not a diorama, I swear. <laughs> but on the inside, they've managed to defrost the place. And oh they have... just in anticipation of future plot points, I'm actually. I think when you when you took a break, Jules and I talked shit about this. Scene. Fair enough. <laughs> we now get security cam footage from the breakout. That's at a very cinematic angle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the security camera in Freeze's cell, which is the same shot we just saw from <laughs> yeah. the movie camera. It is at head height, <gasps> which is really weird because there's no way Uma Thurman is nearly as tall as Arnold and uh, Bane. Force perspective is a hell of a thing. <laughs> Heels are a hell of a thing. <laughs> okay, so now we get this crazy fucking picture of they've got this picture of Poison Ivy and Bane getting off the plane from South America. Yes! Plane picture. I fucking love this. I swear this picture has been spoofed in Archer. Like I've saw it, and I'm like, I, this must be from Archer because it's it's an old propeller plane that says South America Airlines. Just all of South America. The yes. continent has its own tiny airplane. And who's taking a photo of them? I don't know. <laughs> And then, as if there was any fucking doubt, like, you know, we got to do some world's greatest detectiving. Yes, these are definitely the same two people that stole. (laughs) (laughs) She's definitely evil. I can't believe we're fighting over a bad guy. And I'm just, I'm feeling the crayon of the screenwriter and it's. Mm Mm-hmm. It's Bane playing Fat Man in a little trench coat, <laughs> and then his fedora with his spike collar and luchador mask on. <laughs> Look, all I'm trying to get at is still world's greatest disguise. World's greatest disguise. Again, I swear this has been spoofed in Archer. They're now over, totally over her because she's the bad guy. Bad, yes, guy, no. But she did have great stems and buds. They need to comment on how they hot need she to is. objectify her legs and. Either boobs or ass. What what are buds? Yes. <laughs> also, somehow Batman, because he is the world's greatest detective, knows where Freeze's secret room behind the frozen dinners is. Uh, he starts futzing around on the computer that's on Freeze's wife's vat, and apparently he learns that Freeze was looking for a cure for McGregor syndrome, and he had actually learned how to cure it in certain stages. There's four levels of McGregor syndrome. He's cured stage one completely and partially, I don't know how you partially cure something, but he's partially cured stage two. So instead of publishing his results, getting very wealthy and getting all the money he needs. And using that to fund literally everything everything else he needs to do. He decides to come up with a convoluted plan to freeze a city and then hold it ransom afterwards. Yes. (laughs) And just in case you'd forgotten what the plan was, under the floor grates, uh, Freeze and (laughs) Ivy are like, okay, I'm going to get the diamonds. I'm Mr. Freeze. This is the third time we're going through this. You're going to get my wife because, again, I trust you completely to get the woman I love out of this place safely. Toy commercial for children. <laughs> Toy commercial for children. <laughs> they give a bullshit reason. Like, look, in my weekend stay because I need to charge up my suit, I could not fight Batman and Robin. That's why you're going up there. Ivy does a surprise pheromone dust and they're like, oh, Ivy's here. So they pursue her down into the floor grates while Freeze turns on the freezer in the main room where the, all the police are to knock them out oh of action. Oh my God. Yeah, this is the thing we we're fucking making fun of. Even the TV show back in the 60s at its campiest moment didn't come up with anything this stupid. My favorite, he starts freezing them and you just hear, ah, oh, my lungs. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, this is exactly what I was talking about with Julian earlier. If your lungs are literally freezing, you can't say, my lungs, they're freezing. And the room slightly being warmed up later is not going to help your ass. You're dead. But but again, we understand that things like temperature and you know the way the physical world works are mere concepts in this movie. And it's so. represented by smoke. It follows just as well as anything else. Smoke is not cold. <laughs> it can be. You don't know. I'm sorry, were you there? You weren't there. You don't know. My lungs, my choice. <laughs> so yeah, freeze-fied some diamonds to power his suit up again this is stupid and he just opens up the little hatch and he just pours some in yep there's not slots there's not a process for this he just it's just a little <laughs> hopper that he puts a bunch like of... he's filling a bag with marbles yes it's like all the care that these diamonds get then he says ah chill to perfection just... Okay, but again, how is Winterize worse? It's whatever. Anyways, uh, fuck it. Now we're going to have a fight near the ice cream vats that are kept in the cellar, apparently, of this ice cream factory. It's so stupid, but this is where Batman and Robin are fighting Bane. It would have been great if while they were by the ice, the vanilla ice cream vats, they would have stopped and collaborated. <laughs> Okay, so this is supposedly an abandoned ice cream factory. Why are the vats still full of ice cream liquid? Well, it's not like they drained it, but they're... That's it. That's all I got, man. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right, I'm not going to overthink. I'm not going to think about this anymore. This is a Batman movie. There are vats everywhere. Everything has a vat. That's true. You should just call him Vatman. Robin should have got ice cream powers at the end of this (laughs) then. Actually, that's probably Sherbert. I'm looking at it. He gets lime Sherbert powers. Well, anyways, Robin gets chucked and he gets pheromone blasted by poison (laughs) ivy. And this is one of many times where she could have just kissed him and been over with it. Yeah, but we have to stop the quote-unquote action sequence for more expositing. And her telling Robin what his motivation's gonna be in the next scene. But Robin sees... Bane beating up Batman, manages to break out of Ivy's spell to go fight him. Batman gets chucked down on top of some sprinkles. And then she tries to blow Batman, and somehow he resists her? Through the power of being Batman. I guess. So she pheromones Robin again at some point. And again, why does it, instead of... (laughs) No, that's perfect. Instead of literally anything else she tells robin how he should be jealous of batman and he should have his own signal in the sky instead of just kissing him and killing him and being over with it the the lady who wants plants to rule the world is teaming up with a man who wants to freeze the entire world are we looking for sense at any point (laughs) yes god damn it i demand sense in order in all movies that i watch always god damn it do you remember during the sequence that moment where just a pile of police officers just fall down those winding stairs and keep on I think Commissioner Gordon manages to like flick the switch back to heat and then. Yeah. Gordon manages to grab the shut off switch and then after just a brief moment to collect their thoughts, they can get up and run around like nothing fucking happened. Anyways, back in the basement, Batman and Robin are now fighting because uh, Chris O'Donnell wants to fuck Poison Ivy and he thinks that Batman's jealous of him. So. Batman splooges Robin. Yeah, chucks him in an ice cream vat and has to be rotten by now. That's where he gets his lime sherbet powers, yeah. <laughs> He's going to team up with Mintberry Crunch and, you know, they'll have great adventures. <laughs> <laughs> Mintberry Crunch. <laughs> so Bane and Ivy exit. 
Robin gets out of the vat and says, I'm going solo. But I'm still going to leave live at your mansion and use your lair for all my gadgets. Yeah. <laughs> dum, 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 dumity, dum, dum, dum. But before Ivy leaves, she unplugs Freeze's wife. And takes her necklace. And takes her necklace. As proof for some reason? Yes, because she now goes back to her the Turkish baths, which are the jungle in there. But Freeze, there's no indication that they like stopped here before going to the ice cream place. It seems like they went... <laughs> Make it sound like they went to get a sundae. <laughs> <laughs> they went for sherbet. <laughs> Yeah, because he needed to go get diamonds immediately, but he's already taken like a quarter of the Turkish bass and turned it into an ice lab before she comes back from the ice cream place. So he like- As one does. (laughs) Fucking nuts. Anyways, so Chi tells him that Batman deactivated his wife's chamber and gives her the snowflake necklace that she took as proof. My note is- the necklace isn't proof of shit. <laughs> yeah, it proves you took the necklace. But he's very he believes her implicitly and says that he's going to freeze the city like he was planning on doing anyway. This is... <laughs> Und zen Welt! You know, he has a moment like that. Plus he says, behold. Yes. Which, you know, I don't think you're allowed to say behold unless your next line is the Swanson Pyramid of Greatness. <laughs> There's a few select cases. <laughs> and Ivy's down to fucking kill the world because, like, one once humanity's dead, she can overrun the place with her mutant snake plant. But the ice becomes permanent after 11 minutes. So why the fuck are you teaming up with this man? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't think she knows about the 11 minute rule. She thinks this shit's just going to thaw naturally. And... Yeah. But let's say that it was even the case. Then everybody's dead and then you don't need the snake plants to fight the humans. You can just let nature be nature. You don't have to do anything. But then mm-hmm. she's still. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, she'll still be able to control plants but they'll grow and it's just gonna be you and me in this world um so fuck bane yeah bane can go fuck himself he served his purpose you know he'll he'll fucking die who cares did you notice the sort of started sparkling little religious references in like adam and evil at this point Later yeah, on, there's other stuff. It's really stupid. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is. It is. It's. It's in this movie, so it is very, very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so back at Wayne Manor, a doctor makes a house call and diagnoses Alfred with stage one McGregor's syndrome because again, apparently, all the best doctors in the world with access to labs and high grade medical equipment couldn't fucking catch this earlier, but a guy with a fucking doctor's kit could come over and do it. And apparently Robin decides that while Alfred is dying is the time when he's going to go solo. Yeah, fuck that old man. He's only family. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck his family ever done for me. Yeah, so he thinks that Bruce Wade is jealous of Ivy. Clearly, he's like, no, dude, he's clattered your judgment. And you know what? I'm tired of living your shadow. You're not my real dad. Yeah, pretty much. So back at his room, like this this happened somewhere else, but back at his room, Alfred gives Babs the CD he burned earlier and tells her to hunt down her brother. You know, that guy that he hasn't been able to like find from a lifetime of- Her uncle, his brother. Oh, and uh, I do have to mention (laughs) the movie cliche bingo card- You look so much like your dead parent. Ah, yes. She does. Although we see her mother's picture and no, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. I don't know. (laughs) Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. So yeah, you got to hunt down my brother who I have not been able to find for decades. You got to find him because, you know, you'll probably be better at this than I am. Because computers. (laughs) And also don't look at the CD. Like you're not supposed to look at the CD. That's 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 the rule. Oh my God. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. We're getting there. (laughs) So now we're at the dedication of the new 
telescope at Gotham Observatory. It's not a telescope. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I do have a question here. Why didn't Ivy started using her power on Bruce Wayne so a plan could be enforced? Again, why are we trying to make this make sense? <laughs> So yeah, uh, he's there with the girlfriend. And again, this is the last time we see her. She is not a part of the movie at all. She's just here as decoration. And she gets no sort of send off. It's not like they break up or anything. She's just out of the movie. Yep. (laughs) Apparently Ivy was able to get into the party in nerd mode without anybody recognizing her after that last little outburst when she was here. And she pheromone powers her way to getting Commissioner Gordon to give her his keys. So that she can go up on the roof. And wreck the bat signal and put one up for Robin. And another little uh, Jules was mentioning with religious references, as Bane is destroying a spotlight, she says, let there be light. Yeah. The fuck, movie? I don't get it. (laughs) Seriously. It's really dumb. Oh, and for dear listeners who may not have seen this movie, when I say that Bane is wrecking the shit out of this spotlight, I mean he deadlifts it. And it stays on. Like, he's not ripping cables or anything. He just deadlifts it, and it's still on, and that's seen. In Bane's defense, he's the only one who actually strains when he does anything physical. <laughs> in Bane's defense, his skin does have chlorophyll, because he's the only green fucker in this whole movie. <laughs> True as well, yeah. So I'll come in together. Uh, So despite being told that the CD was only for Alfred's brother, Babs is going to try and hack the password. Well, and her justification is um, like, I'm family. Yeah, this is only for family. Well, I'm family. So this address label says Alfred's brother or current resident. (laughs) (laughs) Resident of what? (laughs) So dumb. The current resident of the hands that are holding it. I know that doesn't make sense, but it makes as much sense as this goddamn movie. So she's going to put her computer science skills to work by trying to guess the password. Yes. Yes. And this is highly encrypted. Her reactions. I don't think Alicia Silverstone was told what was being typed for most of these. Like, she's failing to crack this and get into it. And she's like, man, this must be really important if it's got this incredible security. And, like, she's just guessing passwords like England. Password. Like, just like, like that <laughs> level. Oh, of- sorry, sorry. Password one. Okay, get the number in there. Just looking around at things as well. Oh, yeah. And then there's the wonderful cliche of the clue is right there on the desk. And so she looks at the picture and she's like, oh, Margaret. Margaret doesn't work. Well, there was this nickname they had, Peg. And she looks at the picture again and it says, to Peg. That was not on the picture the last time she looked at it five seconds ago. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. No, I'm serious. Unbelievable. Oh, I gotta look at that again. It's, it's just a photo of the woman. And that's when she's like, hmm, Margaret. <laughs> and when that fails, she looks again and there's a fucking signature on there. <laughs> And so this three-letter word is the password. Three Three letters. letters. Apple has sent a message. This is a weak password. Have you considered? Yep. (laughs) I'm sorry. You must have at least eight characters, one capital, and a special character. At the very least, yeah. Like, basic hacking software could have, like, blunt forced this fucking password. Yeah, instantly. Fucking instantly. Because it's an actual word, too. It's not random three S letters. It's also an actual word, which is something you should avoid. So her powers of hacking are so advanced. She is capable of typing... And looking at things. 
And do what really helps with that? The glasses she put on for this sequence. Yes, because now she's doing nerd things. <laughs> and we can see the reflection on her face. What she's hacked into is all the information about Batman and Robin's secret secrets. So Alfred was potentially betraying them i'm sorry no we do not see a reflection like in her glasses or something this is fucking projected on her face this is not how computer screens work (laughs) this has turned into a fucking digital projector i still say she got the wrong password the password was gizmo (laughs) all soldiers but yeah, again, I don't think Alicia Silverstone was told what was actually happening because, you know, it's a projector. They're just shining light in her face. She can't see what these images are. And she just has the most, like, aww, smile. Like, just, oh, that's neat. Not, holy fuck, I just learned all of Batman's secrets. Ah, oh, he's Batman. That's adorable. Aww. No one ever computered. Nobody computered for this. And by the way, there was a cheesy scene somewhere in the middle of this where Bruce Wayne tells Alfred that he loves him. Just throwing that out there. So now we're on the Warner backlot again. Sorry, I mean the streets of Gotham. The Freeze Mobile is driving around. And uh, again, science people are going to, heads are going to explode. Because apparently the <laughs> combined power of the observatory telescopes reflecting crystals will complete his <laughs> freezing engine. And it, my note here is, I'm pretty sure me and Bane groaned at the same time here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yes, Bane does have an appropriate response. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's going to turn the telescope into a giant freeze gun because... As we all know, telescopes run on crystals. Science. And plus, you know, the size of your gun is all that counts, according to Freeze. Well, according according to every girlfriend (laughs) I've ever had. And Bane goes, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) So now there's apparently a Robin signal in the sky, and he's like, I gotta go, Ivy needs me, and... Bruce Wayne's like, no, you're on the, you're under the power of pheromones. How does Bruce Wayne know about the pheromones? Fuck you. <gasps> WGD. World's greatest detective. He spent he spent a lot of time looking at newspaper articles with a magnifying glass. You just know he found it there. He actually picked up on how much she was blowing other men. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. He said, kind of obvious when you think about it. <laughs> I know. And he says to him, she's trying to kill you, dick. And I'm not sure he's using his name here. <laughs> Right, but also, why hasn't she yet? <laughs> she could have had several moments, as we've established. I know, I know. How aware do you think this movie was about the dick thing? Because I don't want to give it too much credit, but do you think they were just so excited about- George Clooney was aware, because his intonation, he knew. Right? He knew. But, you know, it gets it must have gotten through the senses or something, because they were so excited that they could say dick in this movie. It can technically be his name. I'm pretty sure it happened in Batman Forever also. I think Val Kilmer emphatically called him Dick once or twice. (laughs) Nobody likes Chris O'Donnell. (laughs) Well, not when he's a dick. (laughs) So Bruce Wayne used Robin's words against him. He was like, hey, look, I'm asking you as family to trust me now. They play this family card just in the weirdest places because what he actually does in turning Chris O'Donnell's words against him is, hey, remember earlier when you were talking to me about being a team and trusting each other? 
you were actually talking about family. Let me tell you what your intentions were. <laughs> yes. World's greatest detective. I'm in your head. And you know, again, Chris O'Donnell made the case of Alfred's family and then later turned into, ah, fuck Alfred. So <laughs> pretty much. We see where family ranks. So Freeze and Bane burst in on two scientists. We've seen these scientists before. It's a, it's a black lady and Asian man. And they have a great dynamic. I, I liked their energy. These two are fun. These two are fun. I would have paid to see a sitcom with them. But instead, they freeze to death on a cliffside by the end of the movie. So, Oh, yeah. Well, thanks to Batman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they will die later. Yes. We'll get yeah, there. That was my whole point. We will get into detail. <laughs> so they, they've got the crystals in the telescope out already, which is nice. And then they get freeze raid. So, 11 minutes on the clock. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very nice that Bates is letting us know that these flashing icicle things he's planting around the place are bombs. He goes, Bob. Bob. Every (laughs) time he sets one down. Bob. I think he got um, a little bit of a burn, and he's trying to get out, actually. (laughs) Bomb. Bomb. Well, Poison Ivy just got to cut herself open and give some of her blood. She got the aloe blood. He got the chloroform, chloroform skin. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it, that's how he pulls off the sleeper hold. It all works out. So as Mister Freeze is putting the Doomsday device together, what one of the the worst one-liners of the whole movie? If revenge is a dish best served cold, put on your Sunday finest. It's time to feast. That that one's pretty damn bad just because of how long it takes to get to the point. Yes, that's <laughs> it's just meandering. The other ones are bad, but they're like six words maximum. <laughs> so he activates the thing and he starts freezing stuff. And I don't know. My brain doesn't give a fuck about how this freeze ray works with this thing. It's just whatever. It works. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's literally the explanation. He pans it across the city and it just works like entire buildings are instantly encased i think like yeah there's some sort of bullshit explanation here my brain was like nope we're not doing that i don't think there is i think they gave up trying at this point good so babs is now in the bat cave um she enters it on the spitty batmobile platform ah yes and this is where its security kicks in yeah so uh sets off an intruder alert intruder alert Intruder. Exactly. Alert. Fuck you. <laughs> Identify. Yes. Identify. So Alfred's in the computer, and we learn Identify. that he, in anticipation of her coming down here, yes, he programmed his consciousness into the computer using only the finest FMV technology that fucking <laughs> 1997 could offer. I mean, neuroscience has been murdered as well. You really can tick off all science in this movie. It's really remarkable. Yeah, but she's not even weirded out when intruder alert starts happening she's still just like (laughs) uncle alfred it's me like come on you silly silly goose she's an expert at computing you know well yeah and so he's like i pretty much fucking knew you were gonna find your way down here so uh made you a suit made you a suit how did he get her measurements don't think about it why is she wearing heels definitely don't think about that yeah her suit has fucking heels. Her and Ivy have a high heel karate battle coming up before too long. But we also get her suit up montage where we get to see her butt shot and crotch shot. And we get all that. And you can see her chest, but she doesn't have nipples. You no, understand? No. But the boob armor section also has sort of a pseudo bra 
on it? Yeah, it very accentuates the cup area. Well, no, there's like an extra piece covering like the lower half or so. So now the latex nipples are covered up by more rubber, you know. And pay attention to these outfits because they won't magically change at some point. Yeah, this lasts for a scene. <laughs> so now we figure out where the Robin signal is coming from. It's not coming from police headquarters. It is coming from the Turkish baths. Naturally. Because Robin walks in and it's it's a fucking jungle in here, man. Like, this place has, like, gotten way more growth since, uh, since we first saw it with Freeze and everybody. But she's in a red outfit now. Like, she's gone full flower petal i wonder if you put the poison ivy toy in different temperatures of water does it go to a red and a green costume <laughs> and the answer is fuck no we have to sell two different figures instead exactly <laughs> this is where the dialogue gets really pervy robin's gotta ask about whether her hedge is the same color as her mm-hmm. well and and also uh, like is your thumb the only green part That's of you, or it, something yeah. like that uh... yeah and he does this while trying to figure out whether or not he can walk across lily pads. Yeah. Right. But there's just, you could walk around. No, but like she's sitting in her like magnificent leafy throne thing that opens up like a. Right. And she's track. at one end of the bath and he's at the other. And so he walks across the lily pads in the bath instead of just around the fucking bath. That's my point. <laughs> Agreed. It's dumb, but it's more cinematic that way. I don't think so. <laughs> So he's there because he says he wants to commit to her, but he needs a sign that she's turned over a new leaf. And she's like, how about slippery when wet? Ew. Ew. I I get that you're playing off of a sign, but that was a horrible choice of words. It really was. In a kid's movie. This is a kid's movie designed to sell toys. By, by the way, what was the If it was IV... construction ahead, that would have been one thing, but slippery when wet is <laughs> so many connotations. Just caution. Caution is good. Um, deaf child area, you know, <laughs> like neighborhood watch. There's all sorts of signs you could use. There are signs. But... One way. <laughs> Yield. Anyways, uh, so basically he says he'll kiss her if she tells him Freeze's pet plan. And she's like, well, why not? He's going to die anyway. So tells him about what he's going to do in the in the observatory. Kisses him. But, oh, he's wearing rubber lips. Which he peels off. And so she, of course, just pulls him in for another kiss. And, and kills, kills him. Yeah, was, the message is clear. Wear a condom, kids. But no, she doesn't kiss him again for reasons and instead pushes him into the bath where her party city vines uh, wrap around it. Her party city vines. Actually, no, they don't. No, he gets some vines or seaweed or something. They're there, but they in no way move towards him or hold him in any way. No, he gets wrapped up. I like to think this is where Robin decides he's going to try to beat his holding his breath record underwater. (laughs) That is true, but Batman does come in. He gets wrapped up in some vines. And this is where we see some more badass. And this is where we also see that his cape is connected to his legs. (laughs) (laughs) It it doesn't just flop completely up overhead. And so they connected it to the backs of his legs. I don't know why. Pass. I don't care. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So this is what Batgirl drops in. And this is where we learn that Alicia Silverstone can't act badass to save her life. Like she tries. But she does come crashing in through a previously unknown skylight because she breaks through glass somehow. Yep. 
And apparently Ivy knows Kung Fu for no apparent reason. Must have taken the same program that Neo did in The Matrix. She learned it from the snakes. <laughs> Batgirl lectures Poison Ivy about, you know, seducing men and making women look bad. Like, chicks like you give women a bad name. Can, can we break down that line? Chicks like you give women a bad name. One, referring to her as chick. Two, we're about to have a high heel. Fight. Exactly. Yeah. Bitches like you are bad for feminism. <laughs> Okay, guys, I, I'm just going to let you know this now. Uh, Uma Thurman in this outfit with a vine whip is my new kink. Like, this is what I'm into now. I just needed to be honest and open <laughs> with everybody about this. Nope, sorry. Bane spike girdle. That's where it's at. What are you talking about? You know, Mr. Freeze's splooge gun is where it's all about. <laughs> Why does Poison Ivy reveal during this fight that she killed Freeze's wife except the plot needed her to? Exactly. That's fine. And she does that right after her weird knife thing makes a fart noise when it comes out of the sheath. Yeah, she pulls out this dinky little knife to stab Batgirl, but she sees her reflection kind of needs to like touch up her hair a little bit before she keeps fighting. Because woman! And so then Batgirl kicks her ass into the plant, which attacks her for reasons, even though she's supposed to be able to c control them. Right. And Batman pulls an R2-D2. Little spinny saw comes out, and it cuts the vines. <laughs> little bat spinny saw. Oh and so God. he asks... Batgirl who she is like well I'm Batgirl he's like hey that's not very PC don't, don't you want to be like bat person or bat woman you know bat, like making actually a pretty good point about Batgirl's name and she just fucking ignores he's like hey Bruce it's me yes her response is Bruce it's me Barbara and then I always did like <laughs> this moment between Clooney and O'Donnell where it's like, well, shit, she knows who we are. We'll have to kill her. Well, let's stop the bad guys and we'll kill her afterwards. Yeah, we'll kill her later. We got shit to do. So we're back at Gotham Observatory and it's uh, it's looking pretty icy. Uh, Mr. Freeze says, let's kick some ice. Uh, and he starts shooting the city with the ice laser. I think this is where he starts doing that. And I'm pretty sure more than 11 minutes has passed. So those scientists are dead. <laughs> Well, plus they went, the Batman, Robin, and Batgirl went home to get changed. Oh, yeah. No, we haven't even seen them again yet. <laughs> no, not yet. This people getting frozen at the intersection is brought to you by Taco Bell. <laughs> we also see him freezing all the cop cars, so we know that's why they won't be showing up. One of which spontaneously explodes, because that's how ice works. <laughs> that is how ice works. Well, you see, the slipperiness and the grippiness <laughs> met. It's like matter and antimatter. They just cannot <laughs> occupy the same space. <laughs> and so now we see Batman, Robin, and Batgirl coming in. Batman's on his ice mobile. And yeah, they have all new vehicles to get there. And Batman, the ice mobile, it's like jet powered or whatever. But, you know, it's long skis or skids or skate blades or whatever. Robin has essentially a swamp boat. Fan boat, yeah. And Batgirl is on a motorcycle yes she is <laughs> which immediately <laughs> slides and smashes into a wall and explodes yeah and so she's she's out of the well, fight no she says fuck you to physics and floats to get caught by chris o'donnell who then throws her back on her motorcycle <laughs> yeah which drives itself for a moment what the shit they went home to get changed they went home to get new vehicles so everyone in gotham's dead at this point Oh yeah, got yeah, them. They're spot. all dead. Yeah, they're all in like these like silver accented suits available now to Toys R Us near you. And Batgirl has a helmet which actually gives her the Batgirl look. She will lose this very quickly. So what she had in the earlier fight scene and what she's going to have is basically a Robin mask. Pretty much, yeah. But they needed to add that accessory to sell to you as well. Oh, of course. Losable helmet. 
Yeah. Activate Bat Shield. Oh my god. <laughs> How the fuck? I mean, I know nothing in this movie makes sense, but this freeze ray freezes fucking everything that it touches, but a wing on this fucking ice mobile, whatever Batman's thing is called, can reflect it. Yes, it can. Mm -hmm. Yes, it can. And so Spike Mobile freezes itself. Yeah. What the but, fuck? But it, it shot some missiles beforehand. It did all this. Well, that's why Alicia Silverstone had to float momentarily. She uh. was getting shot at by, you know, acrylic. Yeah, these henchmen went to the same target practice school as the standard stormtrooper how dare you insult stormtroopers like that <laughs> how dare you sir <laughs> so back at the observatory freeze says he's going to finish off the city but tells bane to take care of the kids but leave the bat for him okay only chris o'donnell and batgirl okay yes the kids the 20 year old woman and the almost 30 year old man yes <laughs> those kitty winks and so the three heroes rappel up to the observatory which is having a laser planetarium show on the dome because 90s correct that is why and so they swing into action batman puts bat heaters on the scientists who are already dead at this point <laughs> you're just thawing some corpses Fucking out bat heaters if there's no warm liquid goose stage then it, it, it doesn't work i'm sorry their mojo has been permanently frozen damn Damn. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. So to thaw out the city, this is what Batgirl deduces. I think I might have to take my headphones off while you explain this part. Just give me like a hand signal or something. They're going to have to deflect sunlight from the Congo because <laughs> it's like midday there. <laughs> But they first need to thaw the mirrors out at the end of the telescope. I don't know, man. You make it make sense. What they're going to try and do here is the fucking satellites, which are apparently just floating mirrors as established a long time ago. They are going to reposition them to reflect light and put it into the telescope to use it as a gun to thaw the city. Yes. Okay, so basically it's the giant version of burning something with a magnifying glass. Yes. Except here's the thing. Let's say you had an ice cube and you've got the magnifying glass going. The way it works in this movie is you move that beam over just casually, not slowly, just casually, and ice is gone. Done. Done. And that means you flash fried fucking everything in the city. <laughs> Yes. When yes, we get did. there. It's even dumber when we get there. But yeah. The way they phrase it is like you take the sun from in the Congo and redirect it through the satellite. It's just everything about the way they lay it out is so stupid. I mean, if they had made it more general and just been like. Man, it's nighttime. Well, shit, other side of the planet. We got those satellites. But no, it's daytime in the Congo. Yes. They specifically talk about this. They specify. They don't know how the <laughs> they sun works. They think the sun is sitting works. in the Congo <laughs> and they have to bounce it up through the satellites all the way around. It, uh, they, they at least recognize that they're only stealing its light. They're not moving the sun itself, okay? It's just Congo is going to get really shady really soon. So here's the thing. <laughs> Guys, you expect them to know how like any of this works? I'm saying if they steal sunlight from the Congo, they think it's going to get dark there by bouncing the light. I think that's what this movie thinks. Entirely possible because this movie also doesn't know how keyboards work because while they're thawing out yes, the mirrors, what is this, keyboard, this keyboard that Batman is typing on to reposition the satellites, uh, it is not a QWERTY keyboard. No, it, it isn't. Is, it is a U-W-C-A-R-A. 
and keyboard with the space bar on the top. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, this is not a keyboard layout I have ever seen. Someone dropped the keyboard and the keys popped out and they just went, uh, fuck, I think this one goes here. Like, <laughs> this is why they need Batgirl through the magical power of being able to type with the spaceboard at the top. You see, Batman and Robin, they were staring at it like, how can I type with the spacebar at the top? Well, clearly you do it upside down. Obviously. Men. <laughs> and by the way, uh, these space satellites, we go into space to see them moving around. Uh, they are brought to you by the U.S. Army. Uh, so Freeze knocks Batman out of the way and moves the telescope in a way that sends Batman, not, not Batman, but Batgirl and Robin plummeting to the earth when robin and batgirl are plummeting off the edge of this cliff batgirl does the worst <laughs> acting of falling through the air that i've yeah. ever seen in my life she just does a little wavy arm thing like she had no idea where she was so when we talk about the gary Busey factor and it's he wasn't given lines just direction i think it was the opposite for alicia silverstone they handed her lines and then they didn't tell her what the fuck was happening anywhere else (laughs) (laughs) joel schumacher forgot to direct her (laughs) but she gets her little girl power moment here because robin's grappling hook does he's like i got you and his grappling hook doesn't work but her grappling hook does work and she's like no i got you she's like that's not even a girl power thing and how do they swing their way back up fuck you the movie doesn't explain (laughs) or even show anything if they both start falling at the same time they're traveling at the same speed he shoots his hook and it lands and he instead of his arm you know getting ripped out he's able to swing over and catch her the person who was still falling while he's holding on to his rope. <laughs> it's, yeah, I... It's, just... it's very dumb. This whole thing is dumb. <laughs> yes, it is. So anyways, the scientists get thawed out. And as no sooner have they been thawed out, the telescope swings by the scaffolding where they were and knocks them off. And they've got to grab on desperately to this telescope. Yes. And the male scientist says it's one of those days and it's just uh, i fucking love these actors like they should have done more with them yeah they really need their own spinoff they're both still alive they could make that happen (laughs) so anyways batman kicks freeze away and moves the telescope causing the scientist to scream batgirl and robin land on some platform and for some reason bane is there waiting for them Yeah, not sure not sure how he got there <laughs> how the fuck does this work because they land on the ledge and they're kind of facing inwards towards the entrance to the place it doesn't, and he appears it doesn't work. behind them where the ledge is how did he sneak <laughs> behind them <laughs> anyways freezes back and the telescope keeps turning and the guy scientist again he's commenting he says dirty fighter dirty fighter <laughs> These people are in delight. They're so good. I God, they needed more screen time. So apparently all somebody ever needed to do was kick Bane in the tube because that's what they do and he becomes a scrawny little dude again. Yep, they they cut off his roid juice. Just the main pipe. The small ones were still working. Well, yeah, but the main feed, you know, you cut that off. And the, the smaller ones, they're going to get drained out pretty quick. But yeah, he reverts back into tiny little Antonio <laughs> wearing this giant girdle. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so we got a really crazy line. Hey, freeze. The heat is on. He chucks him down uh, on the freeze engine, breaking it. So that plan's foiled. You can't freeze it anymore. 
Ask the scientists if they're all right, despite the fact that they're hanging on to the telescope. Starts thawing out the city, but Freeze sets off his bombs. So the telescope falls, and Batman jumps to go get the scientists. So what this tells me is that Mr. Freeze was aware of what their countermeasure would have been to direct sunlight through the telescope to turn it into a heat ray. (laughs) Because why else have the bombs? And well, the telescope is falling you know good old religious approach from robin who's asked by batgirl what should we do and he says pray well that's that's very helpful in this scenario you don't think you could try to swing down maybe try to grab one of the scientists or just anything but what you're doing nope pray but what happens is so batman shoots two grappling hooks and gets them to grab onto his belt saves them Gretz, Robin, and Batgirl on his way back up, but he just like leaves the scientist down there. Like, good luck. Yeah, where they freeze to death and die. And they are so happy to be left on this icy cliff where they're certainly going to die of exposure because they're just, oh, thank you, Batman. On a precarious ledge, too. After they've been holding on to this thing for hours, they're probably exhausted. They are going to fall to their death. They wouldn't say, thank you, Batman. They'd say, what the fuck, Batman? (laughs) Yeah, it'd be, where the hell are you going? The only reason he needs to get up there is to tell Freeze that he's won. Well, no, they they still need to thaw the city out. And he has to ask Freeze for a favor. There's shit to do. So they go back up and like programming the satellites to reflect the sun directly would take a computer genius. But luckily they do have a computer genius who breaks through passwords with the power of guessing. Oh, well, I I thought it was just Robin because when he said when Batman said we need a computer genius, Chris O'Donnell goes, I'm on it. So clearly he's a computer genius. Yeah, clearly he's on a for completely forgetting that Batgirl knows what to do. But yeah, she thaws the city, and wow, these effects did not age well. Of the they sunlight. were never well. What are you talking about? <laughs> this was always crap. Okay, freezing a matte painting and then unfreezing a matte painting. Oh, if only it were that good. So they're unfreezing all the things we saw that got frozen, and this Asian street vendor dude does not miss a beat finishing the transaction after he thaws. He does not take a minute to reflect on what (laughs) happened to him, doesn't shake it off. He's like, and here's your food, give me the money. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, everyone else is shaking off ice and like, oh my god, what just happened? This dude not phased at all. My favorite is the car door that opens, and then the ice that's like hanging off the side is wobbling because, you know, it's just a bit of plastic that they stuck on there. <laughs> oh, good old wobbly ice. Oh, wobbly ice. <laughs> it's sides. Anyways, Batman reveals to Freeze that his wife isn't dead and that Ivy was the one that tried to kill her, not him. Yeah, he has video again at the angle that it was filmed in for the movie earlier. <laughs> Uh, of her admitting to try to kill the wife. Yep. And clearly Batman did not actually rescue his wife, because we never saw that. <laughs> no, we never. Like, yeah, did he plug her back in? Did he not? We don't know. He could be bluffing. He claims to have. And it'll be all right. Mr. Freeze can continue his research because she's at the lab at Arkham? Why? Why is there a lab at Arkham? Yeah, I get the why is she there part. Okay, convenience. Why the fuck is there this medical lab? <laughs> so basically, like, tries to appeal to his latent humanity and goodness, uh, none of which he has any reason to believe exists in him, given everything he's done. Asks him based for the cure for stage one McGregor syndrome, which luckily for him happens to have, like, in his suit, just yeah, ready just to go. just on him. Yep. Gives him two vials of, you know, neon blue liquid and says, Take two of these and call me in the morning because I'm a doctor and that's a joke. Jesus Christ. 
back at Wayne Manor, they add the vials into Alfred's IV, and now all they can do is wait and hope. Yeah, so they've poisoned the shit out of him with the aforementioned glow stick fluid getting yeah. shot directly oh, into your veins as a medical treatment. Well, it comes full circle because that's what gave him the disease in the first place, putting all those <laughs> stupid glowing liquids on his Robin bike. <laughs> Well, the, the Robin lights were red, and so that's why they were bad and made him sick. Yes, this is blue, is. so it's light side. Light side, dark side, lightsabers. Uh, yes. That yes. all makes sense. Also explains the whininess of Robin throughout this entire movie. Really <laughs> trying to Luke Skywalker. In. Luke was never this bad. Dude, hating Christensen, Anakin was never this bad. <laughs> So anyways, cut to Poison Ivy in a Arkham Asylum cell, pulling on flower petals, doing the he loves me, he loves me not thing. Apparently she went insane in like the, now I just talk to myself and shake or whatever. Yeah, and apparently didn't notice that Mr. Freeze is her <laughs> cellmate. He's just been hiding in the shadows. I was going to bring this up that apparently Arnold Schwarzenegger and George Clooney possibly had a conference with Michael Gove so that they could talk about just standing out of frame <laughs> and then making your entrance because you hear the voice and then he lights his suit up. Yes, he I does. was under the impression if those lights went out, there's no cooling and he's going to fucking die. So he actually died because he was trying to make this dramatic entrance. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, anyways, he's going to make her life a living hell for what she did. So apparently everyone, uh, we're back at Wayne Manor, and apparently everyone who's not Alfred uh, spent the night in one of the many living rooms in this house. They're just there. Well, okay, so the, the others are already up, and this is what I loved when you mentioned how she's not going to live in this mansion that has so many rooms. They made her sleep on the couch. <laughs> She slept on the couch and she slept under a book. Like she opened a book above her face and just like, that's how she slept. Like that was her like nightshade. Oh man. And she's not going back to school because school is for losers and poor people. Yeah. But you know, Alfred comes in in a bathrobe. He's okay. Uh, you can cure McGregor syndrome in one night. Yeah. I think it's Clooney. Like he's pacing around like he's in a hospital waiting for the doctor to come out and tell him something. But this is your house. There's no doctor there. And it's just Alfred. You can go check on him. Yeah. Because well, your family and his employer. <laughs> which is are not mutually exclusive concepts. Don't think about it. So they're talking about like why Bruce Wayne didn't go over the ledge and try and get Robin. And he's like, no, I trusted you to be able to pull out of that perilous dive. No problem. <laughs> I trusted you to not die. What the fuck movie. Or he was just busy. Or he's just busy. He had shit to do. I mean, he was dealing with Mr. Freeze. At no point does he look down and consider jumping after him. While I was in the middle of a fight and saving two scientists' lives. Yeah, he was at no point making that choice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he even noticed they fell, to be honest. No, no. So Bruce Wayne, Robin, and Batgirl put their hands in together because they're going to be partners now. And I think this is the only line Michael Goff was not allowed to write for himself. He says, we're going to need a bigger cave. Cave. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we get the three of them running towards camera in silhouette in front of the bat signal in their bat outfits. Which is and... how they ended the last movie with Batman and Robin finally becoming a team. Yeah, that was their whole arc in the last movie, putting aside their differences and learning to work together. They didn't have arc budget on this one. They <laughs> And yet that one was not called Batman and Robin, even though this 
anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyways, generic 90s rock plays us out. No, this is not generic 90s rock. This is Smashing Pumpkins. The end is the beginning is the end. And then there's another song in the credits because I let this play. And it's uh, an inspirational song by R. Kelly about how we need a, a city of life and hope and justice where we can all belong and feel safe. And that is Gotham City. Because, I mean, where <laughs> where else are you going to feel more safe than fucking Gotham? Uh, Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> There's one city where you're going to feel fucking more safe. Well, Pripyat is technically the city. Anyways, this movie's fucking over. That was <laughs> Batman and Robin. Yay! Uh, but before we go, as millennials, we know that every movie and TV show, even this fucking thing, has a moral. So, Jules, what did you learn today? Well, you know, Nietzsche theorized that man killed God. This movie showed man killed science, too. <laughs> <laughs> and art and philosophy, it just fucking murdered <laughs> everything. Oh, and so many brain cells. And John, what did you learn? I don't know what you're talking about, killing science. This movie taught me that through the power of science, snakes give me plant powers. <laughs> <laughs> And I learned that I really need a sitcom with the two scientist characters that definitely died in this movie. All right, and before we go, we need to tell you what we're doing next time. So, John, what do the folks have to look forward to? Well, our next one will be right around St. Patrick's Day. So what better way to honor a fine Irish tradition? You know, Michael Collins? Wind That Shakes the Barley? Fuck no, those movies are good. We're watching Leprechaun. (laughs) Oh, yes, we are. Oh, And do you got any reviews that'll help send the listeners on their journey to that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, John? Oh, I've got an amazing review. They attempted to write it in dialect. (laughs) Attention all ye Americans in English. We... That's the we people for those of you that don't know. Want to tell you about the time when one of ours had an encounter with Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) 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 I know that you Americans think of her as the woman on Friends or as Brad Pitt's ex, but it was a fine job she did here. She must have the luck of the Irish. Anyway, Leprechaun portrays a bunch of modern day people getting chased by one of ours. FYI. The title character was played by Warwick Davis, who also starred in Harry Potter movies and even appeared in Ray as a man whom Ray Charles met in Seattle. Wow. That's it. That's the fucking review. Very special. (laughs) He played a guy that the main character met in that one other thing. That's the movie. (laughs) Sit. Uh, and that's our show if you liked it please subscribe if you loved it please share it with all your friends whether you liked it or loved it we'd appreciate it if you gave us a 5 star rating on Apple Podcasts to help others find us also be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter links to both of those are in the show notes thanks for listening and we'll see you next time for another episode of Millennial Rewind